dive time. More. Welcome more back to action. the deep dive that is AFL. Deep dive. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm good, Trent, mate. How are you? I'm really well. We are back for round eight review time. Massive rounds. What's going of, on? A lot of talking points. Yeah, we. Um, it's been funny today. There's a lot of news has dropped. A lot of um, suspensions. A lot of. Mark Neal. See, you, see you later. Front door. Get out. <laughs> get out. Action. Sort of see you later type stuff. So and a bit of banter between two of the the big coaches. Big big coaches going on after a little spat. Spats uh, so. from our ex teammates. <clears throat> they were back in the the rude days. In the day, yeah. yeah. So interesting. But uh, we'll t- as always, we'll just touch on that through the games. Yeah, through the games because we are all about the game itself and what happens on the field and the things that really affect. The outcome and potential outcome of future games. More about the play, yeah. And I mean, like so I know, I know we, I know we said um, that we were going to talk about the MRP. So the the, the reality, it's been like a week now, so it's sort of hard to go back on that now. We've we've made it known our thoughts on it anyway. Like we, you know, clearly, there's, you know, there's still a lot of inconsistencies in the MRP. There's you know. A lot of issues, I think, still, and this week, probably, in a lot of respects, proves it again. And funnily so. enough, it didn't affect what we're here to talk about, the game, because they went on and did a number on GWS. Well, West Coast, that's the Jeez. thing they won anyway. So, let's get straight into it. Just before we do, massive shout-out to our mates from Hopster Home. Homes. So, really, really good sponsorship, these guys. So, definitely check them out, hopsterhome.com.au. So, they're a craft beer delivery service. So, at the moment, what have we got, Mr. We Smith? have got uh, a little red ale from Mr. Banks Brewing Co. So, taste a little red ale. Where are uh, Mr. Banks from? So, Mr. They're Banks, I'm pretty brewery, sure they're a Vic brewery. Uh, I'll just let you know... Yeah. You keep talking, I'll no, find. No, you find it on the can. So yeah, seafood down, down. I was going to say they're they're like southeast somewhere. So aren't they? yeah, close to the old St Kilda hometown there. Hometown. So definitely check them out. Hopsterhome.com.au. If you're a listener of ours, so you can actually put in the promo code AFL Deep Dive and you get twenty five dollars off your first pack. So definitely really worth investing in. They've got some fabulous beers and they're really really switched on. And you subscribe to it and it's fresh craft beer to your door, which is which is pretty great, I think. So. And great dealing with they're very switched on guys. They're really nice. Really well. really cool yep. company. So definitely check them out. Let's get into Two. round eight review. Quick over. Quick review of the quick rounds. little uh, hour and a you half know, yeah, quick, style. Yeah, and we'll do a quick preview of the preview, which will go for about 20 minutes. That's it. Nah, no, it'll be more, more like an hour. So. Oh, look at your notes. <clears throat> Let's get into it. So, Hawthorne Swans. A <laughs> couple of notes from the first game. So, Sydney Swans won 79-71. So, Swans won by eight points. Eight points and... Oof, well, big game. Big game. Lots of... Uh, things going on the ground and off the ground. Great game. Two, you know, really obviously quality teams, tight contest. I mean, state of the game, firstly, is clearly in a good place. And we, we did that episode oh, last yeah, week. Absolutely. Obviously, yeah. it's... it's uh, yeah, One any, round doesn't make up for well, 22 not, others. It's not diabolical that, you know, everybody kept saying it was. Um, e- even the media had to admit that it was decent this week, so that was different. Yeah. Um, but look, Sicily, I thought, was pretty good throughout the game. Obviously, in the end, that... You know, that scenario from complaining to the umpires was a bit poor, but look, it is what it is. We don't actually know what he was saying. It no. might have actually been legitimate, but I don't know what he was actually saying on the ground. They weren't mic'd up at that point. Look, overall, big takeaways. Sydney, they keep winning away. Like, it's just incredible. Like, that's that's it. And they keep finding new forward structures that work. They, they were yep. doing a lot of what worked within the Geelong game, and they, they were able to do it again. And it was super impressive. Yeah, super um, impressive from both sides, considering that 
uh, there was a, a fair deluge of rain and wind in the lead up to it. Uh, it did stop raining in Melbourne by seven, quarter but, past seven, and then it became sort of dry weather football because the G just... But we said, rains. that's the thing. So we actually said, I remember, I think one of us, because we didn't watch this together, but I think one of us texted each other and said, I think the MCG drains very well nowadays. And it did, clearly. By half time, it was pretty good conditions. Yeah, when, like, they were not, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, plenty of run... I don't think players it was cold. Back, yeah, I think some of the players still thought it was wet though, and they could have probably run and um, bounced a little bit more. You know, but you, so much going on for AFL footballers now that. Um, but it was a very, very good game. It was goal for goal for most of it, and um, yeah, it was really. I think clearly, clearly, two teams that have, have um, really highly skilled as well. And um, yeah, even though my team lost, I was uh, I was very impressed with the overall game and the way the two, probably two of the best tactician coaches in the comp um, go head to head. I mean, you've now had four games, eight points on the weekend, six points, six points, five points differences between the two teams. So they're starting to build a really, really strong rivalry. I think the other thing too is like for me throughout the whole game, a lot of the stars, so to speak, didn't really turn it up. I no. mean, you're always going to have Burgoynes and stuff being very good, but, you know, Mitchell, O'Meara weren't, weren't great. No. Um, and then Kennedy on the other side was really down as well. So, like, the reality was, though, the second tier was for the second Sydney... Tier is, yeah, but the second Sydney tier for massive. Sydney were better than the second Absolutely, tier for, yeah. for Hawthorne. And, you know, I think Gunston was probably one of the best on the ground for me. Had they won, there would have been a lot of talk about how good Gunston is. Mm. Um, but, look, yeah... Langford, I thought, was a bad in from Hawthorne as well. I, I, he just doesn't look ready. He did a couple of good things, but he just I, I'm not sure why they picked him. There was a lot of Hawthorne supporters that highlighted that on um, on social media, and it definitely proved it on the night. He didn't he didn't look no. remotely ready. Absolutely, and there's um, don't want to keep harping on about it every week. I do though. I am. I don't know what John O'Rourke has to do to get a game in the first. You've been saying this for like he, a month he, now. Oh, this was his quietest weekend. And he got 22 or 23 touches. Mm. After, before that, the last four rounds, five rounds, he's been getting 32s, 35s. I don't know. He's obviously not on the, the radar there or he's doing something wrong or something. I don't know. I don't but know. There might be some issue that we just... It might be, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, uh, look, again, though, Langford's... He, he's got a little bit of leeway because of what he did in a grand final and obviously he's the son of a gun and he, he obviously can play, but, yeah, he, he definitely did not look... Suited for that match, not like bringing back White. Brendan not White in those Cross. conditions. Like as Brendan well. Whitecross comes back the week bef- before against SM, plays an absolutely integral part, and yeah. then and then was probably in the best four or five for Hawthorne on the weekend as well. So, yeah, yeah, I would say that for yeah, me, absolutely. you know, the tagging is clearly back. I oh, mean, yep. Mitchell was taken way out of the game. You know, it was a quality team effort, I thought. But, you know, that they did a really good job, yeah. Sydney, of completely nullifying Mitchell. Which Izzy was, was out of the game as well. They, they ran with Izzy out. too, yeah. which was interesting. Um, yeah, I, Sydney was very, very combative, very, very team-oriented, as you said. Like, just team-oriented. Mm. It wasn't just one or two or three plays here and there that um, put the clamps on Hawthorne move, being able to move the ball and transition like they like to. They just did everything in their power as a team to stop that um, that ball movement that Hawthorne are renowned for. Yeah, that's it. So I think let's break it down um, overall. So we'll start with Sydney. I thought, you know, I thought Rowan had one of his better games I've seen him play for a while. Obviously, you know, it's hard not to talk constantly about Ronk, but Ronk was, you know, really, really impressive the whole way. I thought Jake Lloyd was really Lloyd overlooked was as well. Lloyd was unbelievably um, good. We'll look yeah. at his stats in a minute, Ridiculous. but I, I thought he was fantastic. 
once again, you know, Stevie J, he just refuses to, to lose to Hawthorne. You know, he's out Sydney now and like hates it. The way he's got this forward line working, I tell you what, like they just look so organised. And they, I think Hawthorne for the first quarter, but certainly the first half, even I would say, they just couldn't believe that, you know, Sydney were going with this structure of isolating Ronk. They were yep. like, "What, what you gonna, you're going to make this guy the game winner? And it, and it works. And repeatedly they kept doing it and it kept working to the point that Hawthorne at one stage put Sicily on Ronk to try to slow things down, but mm. it still didn't work. No. Um, but had they not done that, he might have kicked 10. 10, <laughs> who knows. But Parker, I thought, was really Parker's. clutch as well. He was much better than he was last week. He was very good in the last quarter. Without Which a doubt, clutch. What That's what I've written for, here. Yeah. You know. And the, the big thing for me, though, is... Sydney, you know, they're winning without, you know, Kennedy completely dominating and they'd be really, no, really happy with that. No Franklin. No Franklin, you know, like they've got a, got a couple of pretty serious outs. So I don't know if you saw the news, but Franklin's not going to play next week either. Yeah, I saw that. I've, I've got massive yeah. concerns about that. I'll talk about it in the, in the preview, preview yeah. but... Um, sounds like it's not, it's not like it's, it's yeah, it could very much be post buy. Like yep. it sounds like almost 100%. Yeah, so and Sinclair continues to be very, very effective as a... a an unknown ruckman, but is quickly becoming. I think he was really known. good. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, I don't he, know who won the night between the two. I, I give it pretty fifty-fifty. Yeah. Around the ground, well, he won the hit out. He did win the hit out. So around yeah. the ground, they're probably even. And then McAvoy was a little bit more. I think he had a goal, and Sinclair didn't. So yeah, fifty-fifty. They were they were both very good for their team. Um, as what as far as trying to get first use. Yeah. Even though I mean, obviously the two ball magnets. For both teams were tagged out of the game anyway, so that's it, really yeah. was a weird, an unusual modern day football game that wasn't one in the middle per se. It was one who in front of goals effectively because all of them yeah. had what almost thirty more inside fifties and they couldn't convert. So, well, the, the, I think the the way that you know Ronk had a, a night out that was just. You know, he's probably never going to kick that again. Let's be totally fair, unless you know he turns out to be this incredible star. But I don't, I don't see that happening week for week. I not mean, too many key forwards kick seven goals in a game, let alone a small forward. It's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah pretty so, tough. Big call, but yeah, good on him and uh, massive credit to John Longmire and the the, the players at S, uh, Sydney. Almost said Essen, that wasn't there. No, don't don't. They say won. That. They um, won. <laughs> so Sydney now we're going to look a bit more retrospectively as well. So Sydney now four and zero on the road, which I reckon is. Uh, amazing. So they're one and three at the SCG. Yeah, one and, and three. And they're four and zero away, which is um, pretty strange. Bizarre. But it, it it seemingly keeps working. But they've obviously changed their game plan to be competitive on the big open grounds. Well, and clearly, it's not this contested football. And they need to figure out how to win on the SCG. Well, you'd want them to because they'd probably play more than half their games there for the rest of the year. I've counted it. And, I've counted it and written it in the preview. But the, yeah. I went through their fixture actually the other day, and I, I still think even with the way they're playing, that even if they lose half the more games at home, they'll still be okay. But um, yeah, look overall. In probably terms one of the of better Sydney, games this year so far. Top, I would say, yeah, good, yeah, that's that's true. Probably top five, but again, it's, it's not. There hasn't really been as much of a bulk of games yet, but. Mm. It's definitely been right up there. But yeah, look, let's get a pivot a bit more into Hawthorne because the story's definitely about them as well because in a lot of respects, you can say they blew it. I mean, they were they were up. Not that much time to go. You know, we had a, the situation with Whitecross and um, Sicily getting confused with who was on Rowan. Rowan took that possession and then yeah. that, that shifted the game completely as well. 
you know, the pressure on Gunston to score towards the end got ridiculous. Had he, he ended up kicking that point quite late in the game. Had that been a goal, I mean, who knows what happens there. Like, this was a very, very, very close game. There was a couple of liability players on Hawthorne's side. I thought O'Brien was awful. I wrote, fuck O'Brien twice in my notes. It was just frustrating. Like, he just did a... He's, you know... And, and then, obviously, the other thing, too, was Frawley. I thought those two were genuine liabilities in a game like that. Frawley, um, definitely. Frawley, I think. Yeah, look, maybe a little harsh on O'Brien, but I, I reckon he wasn't fantastic. Um, and then, obviously, you know, there was a few players that, you know, Langford, I, I just don't understand the in. I just thought that was... I was really confused with why they went with that, as we've already said. But, look... I don't, I'm not too... It's funny, like, after one of these games, it was so close, and there were so many opportunities from mm. both teams. I can't say I'm massively concerned about either of them. No, it, I think they're tracking about where they are on the ladder, what, they, they're fifth and sixth, yeah. or fifth and fourth, or whatever they are. And that's about right, um, about how they've both played. I think they're, they're both seasoned teams and coaches have been around for a long time. Mm. They're building. You can see that they're building. They're still getting their structures in place for games. So... Had this been Hawthorne versus someone else and Sydney played someone, they probably wouldn't have played to the same intensity and probably didn't have the same skill sets like they do when they play no, each no. other because they know they've got to match up against each other. Uh, like the the two, not, they're not the big dogs. I'm just using this as a metaphor, but two big dogs in the well, one hand. Yeah, they're both top eight sides. So, but I don't take too much away. So Hawthorne are fifth on the ladder post this game and Sydney are seventh. So we're going to start to try to incorporate that into the reviews just to keep a, yeah. an eye on. They've both got decent percentage. Hawthorne are sitting 117 and Sydney are 106. So they're both, you know, finals type percentages at least at this stage, um, you know, eight games in. So we're sort of a bit over a third of the way through. You know, they're both winning more games than they're losing, which is good and they'll build as teams. And I think, look, the, the encouraging thing is Sydney again figured out really intellectual ways of isolating different players at different times and, and creating some really nice varieties. So. Well, 12 months ago today, 12 months ago, these two teams were basically bottom and second bottom on the ladder. At this same at stage, stage, correct. So, a uh, massive turnaround there. Um, it was such a close game. Such so, a close game, yeah. Look, A lot of ways it could have gone either way. Could have gone so. either way, and we'll see if uh, Hawthorne can repay the favour later in the year when they go to Sydney, like they often do. With these two teams, back and forth, sure <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. I'm sure so, it'll 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 go back and forth. Yeah, it's intriguing. But... Um, and oh, when we could spend a whole podcast, I would think just talking about this game because there was yeah, yes and no. But ones. at the same time, I think look, we're we're at a point now where I don't, I didn't learn. I learned. I don't learn anything more than I did last week. About I didn't learn days. much. Look, I, what I learned, I learned that Sydney's second tier is really good it's it's not to be overlooked mm. i learned that hawthorne still haven't figured out their best 22 yeah definitely. and then the other thing i learned was sydney have figured out more often than not and that's encouraging a third of the way through the year that they can generally run with a forward line that's you know got variety and provides enough pressure even without franklin um, they're able to keep continuing which, on winning. So, which is a very scary proposition to opponent completely. because he could play through the midfield. And what happens if they do? Maybe they start playing him Rewalt style on the wing and or like Richo, you know, yeah. sort of nearly when he won the Brownlow. So style. that's the thing. Maybe, maybe that is what they do. Who knows? Like he, you've got such a great forward. But the reality is I think generally when Sydney win with Franklin, they go to him kind of high. We've highlighted this before, 28 
25 to 28, 29% of the time, when they're going to him 30, 33, once it gets over 30, their winning rate actually goes drop, down. Yeah. So you can look, I'll, I'll put these stats up on our Twitter, but the, their rates significantly drop. drop. Especially so when it starts getting into that mid 30. It's a concern. Yeah, absolutely. It's a concern. So I look, I think it, in terms of, you know, it was a very, very even game. It absolutely could have gone either way. There was a lot of, there was, I think, nine different lead changes. So there's, you know, obviously this definitely could have gone in Hawthorne's favour. I'm, you know, not sitting here, you know, really stressed and worried about it, but. Um, yeah, look, there's definitely a few takeaways, and I think they're both going to make the eight. I think that's yeah. um, pretty safe. To I think say, ten. So. I think ten points was the large, largest gap mark throughout the whole throughout the whole game. So yeah, very. Yeah, I, look on the weekend's performance, I would be very surprised if both of these teams missed the finals. I'd agree. Just, I just want to talk. I didn't want to go straight off the top because I didn't want to bog down before going into the game. With this whole thing of the the blocking and, you know, I don't want to go so much into the minutiae of Clarko and you can read about it on, on yeah, AFL.com. Yeah, no. I don't, don't want to get into the drama around it. More so, you know what I thought was interesting and I didn't see this really get highlighted. So, you know, that that there was so there were the two different blocks and there was the one that hi, uh, that Clarko highlighted, which was that Ruffy, a few minutes later, was in that marking contest and... Rampy kind of blocked him a little bit and then Grundy was with him as well yeah. and kind of shut him down out of that mark. You know what was, again, I know I talk a lot about Grundy, but it just shows how good of a player he is. So in that in that contest there, he raised his arms just as the umpire looked over. So he he had his arms in the air and then he pulled them back down again. And it was almost as though he was trying to show the umpire that I was going for a mark in that and it wasn't just a direct block and I had no intention of marking that ball. Whereas if you go back and look at the other contest, it doesn't quite look as well disguised. So to be fair, it's a tactic that... And Clarko did say this too. It is a tactic that a lot of other teams use. I just thought my takeaway out of that and I just find the game a lot more interesting... That that I thought was 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 clever of of Grundy the way he hid that block oh, and absolutely. made it look like oh you know he kind of they both kind of pushed they sandwiched Ruffett into one position and they do it better than anybody and they just crush you in that position I mean that's another takeaway I guess you can pull out of this game too is the but, Sydney defence looks great like, yeah and but the the greatest defenders of the modern era have all been able to play right on that yeah, edge yeah. and if you're a opposition player supporter you yeah. hate them because you see that they're getting away with yeah. breaking the rules and yeah. I'm sorry I've just inverted commas with my fingers it's not very good when you're not a visual not a visual <laughs> medium but like your Silvanis your Fletchers and these guys um yeah, everyone. No, who, I know you yeah, mean. you mean and and Sydney are doing it. I've got absolutely no problem with how. All defences are doing it. Yeah. And I'm really surprised that Clarko has made a massive point of it. I think... But then the other side of me goes, okay, hang on. Clarko's been Clarko for so long and people have questioned his style. Is he doing this deliberately to go a bit of smoke and mirrors? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, look, Sydney, they're the better team. They want it. They wanted it more, um, and they got the four points. But here's here's the here's the trick, and this is what Enright used to do. This is what Scarlett used to do. Lonigan, yeah, well, Lonigan yeah. was a genius at doing it. So when when the the ball goes up for the key forward, you get two defenders. You squeeze, ideally not from the back. You ideally get two defenders, one sides. on each side, and you both go up for the mark. Quotation mm, marks, marks and make it look like you're going for the mark, and like and then you basically disguise it as though oh we were all going for the mark. 
when you you effectively are blocking the player, and that's but that's look, it's a tactic that's been used for years. Oh yeah, it was Cubs, used ever since Geelong they, did it very effectively. Well, ever since the rules quite, started going a lot harder yeah. on defenders, they this this became a new rule. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think look, <laughs> the, 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 they met sec- did I, so they met secretly in 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 Paran in a cafe, so, so secretly that uh, in public, everyone, everyone's yeah. everyone's talking about it. No, I know, but like no, the more no. more the point is, it was in public. Like, why not meet at AFL House? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that make more sense? Or in an office somewhere? Oh, but anyway, I don't really kind of care about it. No, it doesn't affect. It's not going to affect the game. Quite the, no. I mean, the umpires might look at marking comp- contests if it's a isolated kick into the fit forward fifty, but they can't do it if it's on the run. Then they're going to miss it too often. So. Yeah. Anyway, but I didn't. It didn't. I honestly didn't think it, it affected the end result because Sydney still wanted it more, and Hawthorne do the same tactics to certain teams. No, I know, and that's. But they, the the reality is, the Sydney defenders, I think, hide it a better on the night, and therefore the just umpires just didn't see it. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily. That's the way to look at it. I think it's not necessarily favoritism. I just oh, think the Sydney not. defenders are better at hiding it. So that, that's the story for me. So before we move on to the next game, we'll do a quick stats breakdown. I mean, to show you how close it was. So disposal efficiency, 72-73. So was obviously very, very close. Kicks are pretty much even. Slightly more handballs to Sydney, but that's you know that kind of lines more with their style. Um, free kicks exactly the same. Slightly more contested possessions to Sydney. Um, Which you... Not, is unexpected. No, it's normal. Yeah, that's, that's a lot like of that's that, with yeah. their style. You know, they, they play a slightly higher position, especially with the structure they've got at the moment. You know, in marks inside fifty. And this is the thing. So nine to Hawthorne versus seven at Sydney. So, yeah, you know, Hawthorne had more chances. To, and that's why I think, in some respects, they blew it. And then also they they lost the clearances Hawthorne twenty nine to forty. So they were you know they were winning at Sydney out of the middle and but you know that was the thing that Hawthorne was still taking advantage of what they were getting sixty three to thirty nine inside fifties yeah that uh, says it all that shows and that just shows that you know Hawthorne had a lot of opportunities you know they they might lose it in the centre but you know they were they were still clearing it at times they were rebounding at times quite well yeah it was Sicily doing that quite a lot but yeah the halfback lines. No, look, I think, I think there's not too much more to take out of the game. I, I thought it was an impressive game. It, it was worthy of a Friday night. And, you know, it was yeah, nice to see a quality, a quality Friday night game compared to um, some of the other yeah, ones. So, the type of game you want to start the, the round with. Yeah, definitely. So let, let's move into the Saturday. So West Coast Eagles and GWS. So West Coast Eagles beat GWS for in those who, uh, Sydney by yeah, 20, say, 25 points. So it's Butler Stadium. So 25 points to the Eagles. What were your takeaways out of this game? Uh Takeaways, uh, GWS are not the team of depth that a lot of people thought so. Don't get me wrong, they are hit hard with injuries, but they did get two key players back in Lob Cameron. So, obviously, deficiency last week was in the ruck and kicking goals. So, I arguably get um, two replacements for that deficiency. Yeah. But yeah. more so, the out for West Coast, and West Coast being known for a team that doesn't travel very well. No McGovern. No Nick Nat. Yeah, and no Shuey. So, to, to, to come away... And win fairly comfortable. Never looked like they were going to lose this game. Well, in the second quarter, GWS were up, and then they lost. Well, they lost DeBoer, and the, yeah. so they were down. They were down, down two rotations, rotations. Though, to be fair. So they were so, down DeBoer and um, Phil Davis as well. So they yeah, were down Phil two, Davis is probably two rotations, and he's a very key, key player. player. And DeBoer's been quite good as well. Yeah. Um. So, but, 
On the flip side, West Coast there. No, no, yeah. They were, be, they were the better side. Yeah. West Coast for me, um, they're, they're, they're legit now. They've won well, away from saying, home. Yeah. But I, I was never, I was always around, they haven't really taken a big scalp. You haven't taken a big scalp away from home. We tipped them though. We, we yeah, well, I tipped definitely them. tipped them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm probably not going to not tip West Coast for most of the year now. That's oh, the they thing. They just look They're super real impressive. Yeah, they've got better ball movement. They are much faster than I've ever seen them over the last few years. Well, two slow midfielders are gone, yeah. so it makes a massive and, difference. Hey? And some speed and some but all flash their forwards the forward. look fantastic. Yeah, Darling had Darling probably, his, best, to, probably Darling had his best to, match. Yeah. Darling knows how to play football. Yeah. He is was he sitting third on the Coleman? Wow, four goals, three. So, so four goals, three, nineteen disposals, six tackles. He, that's yeah. probably the best game I've seen him play. You know, and, Waterman as well, Kennedy. Like, they've just got so many options. And funnily enough, like Sydney, winning without a big influence from Franklin because he's not there. West Coast are doing it without a massive influence from but Kennedy. That's, that, but that's modern How football. That? And that's and that's a big reason why they're probably winning more games as well. Yep. Is they're not relying spread. on this guy to just dominate and win the Probably Coleman. getting six to eight goals from their midfield every You need week. variety. Yeah. You have to. Good teams have variety. I mean, look at Richmond at, at, at North. Like, you know, yep. all these kids Cats. that pop up out of nowhere. Like, it's, it's a lot of the teams... Would, that's yeah, just the reality. So we'll do. We we'll keep going into into West Coast. I mean, I look. The reality is this this midfield, as you said, you know, Yo, Redden, you know, Shepherd. Like it, it just looks fantastic. Archie, like this, all over the ground. Grounds, yeah. They've just got stars every line. Every line they've got stars in their back line. Like just and McGovern wasn't playing, but um, they just, just got them all over the ground. They, they just, look fantastic. They're just yeah, they're, they're not so a, good. Gaff as well looks fantastic at Gaff's, the moment. Jeff's um, price tag just keeps going up and up. He's going to get a big offer if they that's can't a, keep him. I, yeah. I'd stay if I was him, though, if he's happy Yeah, if that's there. a team, I mean, they're definitely they're uh, a big, big, big chance to, to get a flag this year. I mean, it's still early days. Early, obviously. So but... good. And and the young guys are a bit like Geelong. The, these young players oh. that just come from... Well, not from nowhere. One of them comes from a... Star started family, and but he keeps no. But in terms of Radical Air and Kelly, Kelly and, yeah. but but, um, but I can't even think of the names at the West Coast because they were that unknown, except for Rioli, and that's because his surname's Rioli. Yeah, but they're all just doing their bit. Well, I'll throw one out there. I mean, like his stats line. So Barras, oh Barras, yeah. fifteen disposals, fourteen kicks. Like if you look at his stats line, you'd think, oh yeah, not a bad game. He was really good. He did a lot off the ball, a lot of shepherding. I thought he was fantastic. He was really, really, really impressive on the day. Um, I really like Ainsworth's game too. Like that's the thing. Their yeah. second tier Lean, looks is it good. Duggan or Duggan? Duggan. Yeah, Duggan. He's been very good. I've been impressed with Duggan. Yeah, no, I agree. Seventy-three disposal efficiency to him. Like there's there's yeah. there's just stars all over the ground. They look fantastic, and you know that they've had you know Adelaide type level of injuries, and they've just kept winning without them more so than Adelaide have. So, and yeah. Lysett came in and did his job. We're replacing Nick Nat. Yeah, um, and Shannon Hearn had another, you know, oh. as always, you, you know, wraps up. We said it a few weeks ago. He's, he's probably one of the most underrated backs, but definitely the most underrated captain in the comp. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, it, well, definitely at the moment. No one could not say that. But he, he is, yeah, he's a star. So I didn't learn too much more about West Coast. I was, to be honest, I was confident they were going to win this game. Uh, they're a better side, and I, I know they had to travel, but I just think they're a much better side. They, you know, they seemingly have so much more experience than a lot of sides, and, and the reality is, like, they're not that old of a team, but they they're just proficient. And the other thing too is they've just got so much confidence at the moment. They've just yeah, been consistently consistently winning, and trust I see a lot in their side as well. There's just a lot of trust throughout the group in terms of knowing who can do what and and all that sort of thing. They so, they're play, impressive. They play, and 
Um, apologies for anyone who doesn't follow basketball and we talk about basketball and you don't quite get where the analogy is coming from. But West Coast often look like a set play basketball offense. They just they don't even really need to know where their player is. They just know where to kick or handball it to because, as you said, the confidence is there. They know yeah. that one of their players will just get into that space where the ball is because that's what they've drilled to do. They are fantastic to watch it. At the moment, they're as uh, impressive to watch as those 05 and 06 teams without having the big three that were in those West Coast teams in the midfield. That, that's it, yeah. I mean, just before we pivot into GWS, because there's a lot to talk about there as well. I mean, next week, this, this it's hard not... We'll mention it a little bit. We'll go, obviously, a lot heavier in the preview. But, I mean, Richmond and, and West Coast play next week, and that's going to be an incredible game. Look, there's not too many more takeaways. I was, I Personally, I was confident that West Coast were... We're going to win. Um, I know down rotations, GWS had a, would have probably had a much bigger chance. But um, yeah, look, I think you can really take confidence in in West Coast. You can trust them now, and they they trust themselves. So, you know, there's there's just stars all, all over every line, as we've said. So, do you have anything more to go on West Coast? I yeah, I just just you made me tweet about um, the average ages for the teams. West Coast are actually one they're of the youngest. Of yeah. So they're down at 20, 20, yeah, 23.9 um, years of age. So um, you've got a fairly young list, um, but it's where their games experience. They've got an average of almost 63, 64 games. So got one of the more experienced, but younger running. Which is exactly what you want. They're, they're right yeah, in the They window. are ripe for, for um, going quite deep this year. The so. only and This is the only challenge with interstate clubs is that they've got to play in, in Melbourne, but you know, I, the reality is this year they've been pretty good in Victoria. So we'll see throughout the... Obviously, it's very, very early days. But um, we better pivot into GWS. First thing I wanted to say, so the AFL, the official crowd number was 9,232. There is no way... So I watched this game. There is absolutely no, no way there was that many people at the ground. Yeah, if no- there was that many people at the ground... They they were hiding very very cleverly. Yeah, you and I, as as we said, have We've both been there. Been yeah, there. we lived there. I reckon it was half that number there. They they've got to stop lying about these crowd numbers. There is no way that that was correct. Yeah, no way. The like, other th- and the other thing is, if as a club or as a grand or as an AFL overall. Uh, concerned with crowd numbers. Don't lie. Don't fall. Well, first of all, no, do, do something to boost them up. Had I known that I could get in at a discounted rate on Friday night because the weather was horrible, would have made me more palatable to go to the game at the MCG. Why would I want to spend... Was it discounted? No, it wasn't. Oh. But they got thirty under 35000 there, or around 35000 Was that how much Friday night was? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So I thought it was more than but that. But when you're going with two or three mates, that's over $100 just to get into the ground. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you're going to be sitting there freezing your butt off. Yes, I love AFL, but I can watch the game from the comfort of my home Yeah, yeah. and save a bit of coin. But if you entice people to go because it's a discount, surely they... You get 20,000 people there. You get 55 Yeah. at $20 less a ticket. You're making more money. No, it's so, like, no, no, And they right. could have done that at Spotless because it's an interstate club like West Coast. Aren't going to have a huge following in uh, Western Sydney, let's be honest. So, no, it's, so it's, entice it's, people to come over there. It's building. It's yeah, it bu- is building. It's building, but, but I mean, that, that is, there is no way that that's correct. I'm sorry. No. Like, they're just making it up. Yeah. So anyway, we'll move away from that. It's not not about not the a game directly, directly, but I just wanted to say that. that but it does affect. Ridiculous. It does. Imagine if that was a full house there, twenty thousand, fifteen, twenty thousand, bit more. That definitely makes it a huge advantage for the Suns. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, Giants. Sorry, not the Suns. So it was. Um, Coniglio yeah. was was fantastic on the night. 
Hasn't uh, he just been outstanding all year? Seven clearances throughout the night. So we'll go through some stats later on, but he was amazing. Taranto improved. I thought he lifted. Callum Water was his 200th game. I thought he was pretty solid throughout the day as well. You know, they've got some really good players, but they're just, like, they've just got nothing now, like in terms of the key pillars there. Like a lot has come out of that side, and it's going to take Cameron some time to, yep. to get there. And the big concern for me with GWS is his scoring ability. You know, Cameron got his two goals, but I just want to look back a little bit. So GWS got 61 on the day. So we'll go back into last week. They got 32 against Geelong. That's right, massive score. Second, That's big, big second score. lowest score for Yeah, the they history. got 77 the week before, so they just scraped over Brisbane. Then they got 73 in a draw against the Saints, who were clearly a bottom four side. They got 82 against Fremantle, so that was a bit better. And then um, 87 against Sydney. So they've had a couple. The first few weeks, they were okay. I just wanted to highlight the last few weeks especially. They're starting to really, really massively struggle to kick scores. So they've and if you look at you look at Sydney, Buddy comes out. You know, a number of these players have come out, and they've still been pretty good. Adelaide as well. Collingwood. Look how many goals they've got from their mid. And it's um, I'm starting to get concerned. So they've only scored over 100 points once. Yeah, they yeah. would have scored over 100 points almost every week last year. Yeah, I mean, there's a few clubs that, that haven't done it too many times, but it, it's the last three weeks especially is a concern. They've only scored yeah. about 120 out of the last three weeks, which is which is starting to become a bit of an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Cameron's you can't they can't expect Cameron to just completely dominate. They need some of these guys to to really push a lot more on the night, but. Look, I thought it was it was a it was a good game through bits of it. It was a real shame the injury. So the key real takeaways out of this, I mean, De Boer, who just started to get going, he's got a, a hamstring injury, and then Phil Davis, if you didn't see the game, got knocked out, and it was a incident that I think was a clear accident. Um, you know, Davis just went into a marking contest, kind of exactly in the block sort of method we were just talking about before, and um, he just copped Darling's elbow, and he just came in in the wrong angle. He came in slightly too late into it, and. Um, Darling was slightly higher and just got him. So if they hadn't been down those couple of rotations, I think it might have been a bit closer. But yeah, look, I think overall, the big concern out of this really, and the big takeaway, I guess, if you want to put it down like that, is, is GWS are starting to become a bit of a concern. There was, you know, I, I had them tip for, you know, playing in the grand final. I mean, I, I don't, they're a little way off that now. I know there's a long way to go. Long way to go. But... Long way to go, but their, their last few weeks have been poor. Um, the, as you highlighted, the depth is is not looking fantastic. So, yeah. what about got... some of the stats? Well, some of the stats, uh, I'll just get to them, but I was just looking ahead. The, the next month... Um, we'll go through the next month. Who have they got, got They've they got up and down month. They've got two fairly tough games. They've got the Ruse at Blundstone Arena. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be tough when I'm travelling down to Tassie. Don't go down there. And then no, they got, yeah. Then they've got Essendon at Spotless. So they should win that. But then they have to travel to Adelaide to face the Crows. That's wow. going to be challenging. Uh, and then before they bow, the buy, their buy, um, they've got the Suns at Spotless. So they should win that as well. Yeah. Um, it, but it's it's... I mean... When are they going to get a big chunk of these players back? I think well, Kelly's a few weeks yeah. away, so there's a few of them that are going to come back. But we're, we're weeks, talking three, four weeks. weeks. Yeah, after the buy tight weeks, possibly. Um, yeah, and and bigger concern is a key forward not injured just doesn't know how to regain form in pattern. Did you see what pattern got in the knee for? Yeah, nothing. 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 So, so when you're 100, 200, is he playing to get back to Melbourne? I don't know what he's playing, but he's, nah, he it's not. It's not looking good as far as a uh, number one draft pick goes. And um, I don't know if you if he was doing that, I'd, I'd be. 
be concerned as a, a team outside going, well, if that's what you're going to do and you're not going to put your best foot forward, why would we want to pick you up? No, that's but it. But look, Mark's yeah. inside 50. West Coast has smashed them 12 to uh, 6. Um, they had a heap more of the ball. Tackles inside 50 as well. Like, you would think it should be fairly close, but they had just so much hung- much more hunger with West Coast having 15 to 9 tackles inside 50. Um, Funnily enough, the inside 50s were very close, 53 to 55. So GWs did have their chances. But then chances. Mark's inside 50. Yeah, yeah, it was bombing in there. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens, I guess, when you're so used to having a Cameron and a Patton in there clunking marks all the time. Yeah. And then a year now later that they only have one of them and he's half injured. The other thing that pushed that number up as well in terms of the marks inside 50s was much better pressure from West Coast locking it in the 50s. Yeah. So tackles inside 50, West Coast won 15 to 9. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is, and on the day, that was a big, not looking at any stats, I didn't really look at my phone throughout the whole match and you could tell that that number was going to be much higher because they just were so much better yeah. on the day at locking it in, keeping it in there and giving yourself multiple options to have a go at it. And, you know, the best teams do that very well. So... Yep. Um, look, I'm not at panic stations with GWS yet. It's still pretty early. We're still only just over a third of the way through the season. We've got plenty of time to go. They'll get players back. Um, West Coast, you can be confident in. They're really the main takeaways for me. Have you got yeah. anything else you want to go into with this game? No, not pretty... panic stations either. I mean, uh, GWS are only out of the eight um, on points. So they've still got a very healthy percentage. Yeah. Uh, obviously, West Coast has cemented themselves at the top along with Richmond, two yeah. games clear of the rest of the teams. So that's a good buffer to have after eight rounds, two games clear. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, look, the main, the, the big story really out of it is GWS. It's GWS, it's, yeah. It's a few losses now, and you know that that losing two more players, given they've already got a lot of injuries, we're, we're really starting to potentially get towards panic yeah, stations. Yeah, no, look, yeah. So, had you known, had you know, thought that oh, I've two, they're two down rotation in the second half, you would say even if West Coast were behind at half time. They should run over the top because yeah. of those extra rotations, and they're such a good running side. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And no, they're good. It's they're... a quick ground as well, so yeah. we'll keep moving. Uh, Carton. Oh, the Carton. You tipped them. Not a blues. They beat Essendon, who are a horror show, they 13 points. 91 train to... wreck after train wreck, aren't they? 91 to 78. So at the G, wow. Yeah, it wow. happened. It people, happened. People wished this into happening. There was I backed Essen, and I thought one more time. One more time. I don't know why. I, I, Last I, time? I well, I agreed. Well, pretty much. I mean, I agreed with basically all of your points about Carl's, and I was was more than happy to tip mm. them. But it was more that I thought, how can they just keep losing like this? Like it's got to change at some point. They're they're a much better side yeah. than this. Like this is just getting ridiculous. Getting ridiculous. But it, it just didn't happen. You know, like they were they were up. I know in the fourth quarter, so it wasn't like Essendon got blown away. But to lose to a side that has been pretty much non-competitive through most of the year, I mean, so looking through it, Essendon 10-18. So they were so inaccurate on the day. Like, they were playing like St Kilda. So 14, last final score was 14-7 to 10-18. Like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, we'll break it down. Overall takeaways... Essendon structurally are basically shot and they've got to fix this game plan quick if there is one. And then Carlton, there's some upside, but, you know, Carlton didn't exactly play amazingly on the day. I thought they were good. thought they weren't incredible. They play like that against a lot of sides. They're going to get smashed. Let, let's be honest. Their five or six best players on paper all played very well. Cruiser, the Kerno boys, yeah. Thomas, Cripps, and Kate Simpson. 
Yeah. They were probably their sixth best. And I think I did mention it last week when I decided to go with Kant. It was because I had seen Essen Live the week before. Yeah. And they they, they just did not look like a, a team. They looked like they didn't know each other. It was like meeting people from, uh, yeah. I don't know, conference conferences and stuff. And you sit there and go, oh, I'll just wait till... The, the final hour of the day to Speech introduce to myself anybody, but yeah. and, and they just it was yeah. interesting that you picked them after having seen them live it's um we'll go into both teams but look Carlton it's clearly next year for them they're not going to make finals no. but you know you know no Murphy again so they, they were pretty good you know the Kernos both were good they both decided to touch the umpire I'm not sure what, why you would possibly do that I saw Ed Kern. Is it, it which one? Ed's the old eldest, and he's the one that people he's don't the one talk that about. Touched as, it, didn't he? He's the one he that touched, well, he touched, touched the umpire, not himself, the umpire. <laughs> no, it's Charlie. So which one of them touched young, the umpire? Young one, Charlie. So, but guess what? They've both been charged with touching the umpire. Did. No, but that's the thing. There's no. I can't find any footage of it. So one of them touched it. As in the umpire. umpire. And then, for some reason, they were both charged. And everyone on Twitter just blew up and was like... Because nobody knows who's in. Where's the footage? No, but, no, but <laughs> maybe that's the confusion. Maybe the, maybe the AFL think there's everyone one... Everyone goes Kerno. One Kerno, and they've just got it stuffed it up. They kind of look like each other, but they don't. But it's funny, just... But Ed was the one that had the massive day out. Like, he and was... And has been yeah. Mr. Consistent at Carlton. We've everyone, said this before, though. Yeah, everyone goes, bangs on about Charlie and he's... Uh, Potential of being a star, yeah. But Ed, I mean, he's he's done the hard yards. He was a mature age recruit from Hawthorne, uh, from Hawthorne for Box Hill, um, and all of a sudden, if you have a look at his season stats, you would consider if there wasn't a plethora of midfielders out there that are having gun seasons, he yeah. would be in AFL, uh, all Australian consideration. All Australian, yeah. He's been very, very consistent, yeah. But why? We'll why keep doing. Let's keep doing. We'll keep doing Carlton. The Catton. Catton. I'm going to say a sentence about Catton that I never thought I would ever say again. Dale Thomas might actually be okay. He might actually be good again. He was really good on the day. Absolutely. I never thought I would put those words together again. And but he was genuinely, legitimately really good. And he has been shown glimpses. 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 I'm making new words. Glimpses of his old self yeah. over the last few weeks. I've noticed that too. And I was, when I saw him type of game, I said, well, I'm a little bit surprised, but not overly surprised. If he can play 80% of that week in, week out, and these other top or better players in their team can start to lift, then that's, I think that's what Carlton yeah. supporters want to see. They still know they're a young team and it's going to take time. But he's not going to be there for the next Carlton flag or anything like that. He'll be 100 by that time. But No, no, I don't think he will be. <laughs> no. Kate Simpson might hang around because yeah. he's going to hang around forever. But yeah, it's... He was good. They, um, yeah, I think because the big, bigger teams continue to turn players over quickly mm. um, and they've got a winning culture, it's going to be harder for these teams that haven't seen success over the last five, six, eight years yeah, yeah. to smash through. It's just not going to happen. No, no, that's that's true. So, look, there's uh, overall with Carlton, you know, McKay was good, Lamb, Lang, they actually had a bunch that, that kicked, which was good. But, look, overall, there's not too many. You can't take too much out of it. Like, they snuck a win... You know, it's good. They were playing a pretty poor side on the day. So. Then, they're not a side. They're literally just individuals out in a park Essendon at the moment. I thought Jed Lamb's game, especially, you know, tagging Goddard and just harassing him all day, 
was smart and it worked. And yeah. I think it, it affects Essendon mentally. So that, that definitely worked. You know, Carlton took 82 uncontested marks. Like, there's, <laughs> this, this is just how poor I reckon there's, Essendon there's about three or four Essendon players that are putting their body on the line and playing real good football. And they, don't, a, give a, they don't give a shit about each other. Same, same, same players that have been doing it since they got there. Well, clearly they hate Goddard. Apple. There's clearly uh, yep. people like him. They, so there's clearly people there that hate Goddard. Because once again, he was basically getting the shit kicked out of him. And, and no, no one helped. helped. No, no. Nothing. Don't care. No, I think no. people legitimately hate him. Um, I think whatever issues Stringer had at the Dogs... Uh, still there at... I think it's a personal thing and I, oh, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, do I don't agree. want to say on no, no, no. it's a pretty out there thing as to what's happened but absolutely but he doesn't want, he, he, he doesn't want to do anything for the team no, either. he just wants to kick life, goals he's got a you know a lot of things going on which you know cool. partially his um his cause but yep look it's, go and play in the Magoos then get some form uh, but uh, look who knows what the answer is I mean the, the, the major thing out of this I mean Fantasia was a bit better. It was good to have him back, but you know, Merritt got tagged out of the game pretty yep. much. Parish and Tip and Woody look, you know, nowhere near the players uh, they were last year. The only person really I thought that got a pass mark out of Essendon. I don't. There were there were a few, That's but the only one that I would say at for me be Devin Smith. I thought was really good on the day. I think he's highly overlooked. I think all the criticism of Essendon, there's been almost no positive talk about him. Mm. I think he's been pretty good, but. I mean, who do you have? I don't know. Hebel and Sararakis. Yeah, but that's... But, that's, but they, they didn't do anything more no. than what they you would expect them to do. Get 20-odd mm. touches and kick a goal each. That's true, so yeah. So, they n- n- by no means a standout, in, but there was no standouts in that team. No, I mean, the, the, the They're thing, just doing what they do regardless. The big concern, and we've been saying this for weeks, is that Essendon's zones look so unorganised. And the big thing for me is they legitimately don't know where to stand. They don't look like they trust each other. Going back to, you know, we're talking about West Coast and trust before. They don't cover off the space well enough consistently. So they consistently create space yep. for intercept marks, for people to come in. Like, they just, it just looks so unorganized. Like, we could spend, I don't mm. want, I really don't want to go no. into it too much because there's going to be every podcast and TV show, I'm sure that's on tonight. Um, you know, we're going to go heavily into Essendon. And it's, we've said, we've been talking about this for weeks. So I don't want to keep yeah, repeating ourselves. But the, but the reality is, there's a complete disconnect between their engine and their forward line. Completely disconnected. So in terms of the way half of their forwards would set up, they literally were setting up in positions where the midfield wasn't aiming to kick. Like literally, it's that broken. Like they, they are completely disconnected. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I think part of that, I've been critical of the coaching group. You've been a little bit more positive on them. I think they've been poor. And I'm, after the weekend, I'm turning. You've switched Yeah, it? yeah I'm, well, I'm sitting there because it's not. It, it, it's, they're literally, as you said, they're it can't disjointed. Just be they're so not understanding it. No, because there's a disconnect. Because if they weren't just getting it, it would be just missed kicks and stuff. They literally don't know where to kick or handball to. They don't it's, even know what their team. They don't even know what their color of the Guernsey is. Maybe not. I mean, it's to the point where they like, as I said, they legitimately don't know where to be, and their zones are so unorganized that there are holes every single time that make it so easy for teams to exploit. And their skill levels. I mean, how are... do you get eighty-two uncontested marks? That's a classic example of how unorganized their zones are. You, you can't allow a team to get that many uncontested marks. No. I saw so many incidents on the day where we spoke before about. Uh, White Cross and Sicily getting confused about their man, and, and Rowan took that mark late, and that was bad. 
you know, in the Port Adelaide game, which we'll get into later, um, Betts and um, I forget, well, I've written it in the notes, but there was a few other, there was a couple of confusions late. But that, look, late in the game, you know, that's, that's I can understand fatigue, pressure, fatigue, fatigue or, yeah. or whatever. And we'll get into that. And mistakes happen. But this is so consistent. It's a disease. It's, it's only consistency it's, in their game. Is the, is the inconsistency. It, yeah. It's just, yeah. So I don't want to go too heavily in because we've, no. we've been listening to the podcast. We've been talking about it for weeks. And we said that whoever lost the back game, you know, we would go into it a bit more. But, I mean, we've been talking about it constantly. I mean, the other thing, too, is that, you know, in terms of wrong positions, half the, it's not just the forwards that stuff it up as well. Half the time, the midfielders, when they peel off to assist defence, end up being in the wrong position as well. So, I, I, they just look, they look devoid of confidence. They look completely like they, they're lacking and not tr- clearly not trusting each other. The synergy in the group is, is very low. And so many of their players look so far out of form. And Absolutely. it can't just be injuries and stuff. I know we, mm. you, you were actually one of the few people I heard that, that said Danaher definitely has an injury. And I didn't hear anyone saying that really at all. But, I mean, how can they all be injured? Like, Tiffin Woody looks yeah. shot. Like, Parrish looks shot. They are, uh, I yeah. Know. I don't know, but um, for those who have been tuning in since our first episode, you'd realise that uh, Trent drives around with a bat. Got a bat. And the names that were on the bat about four weeks ago have probably been scrubbed, and he's got a couple others that he's going to bring the bat out for in the next oh, week look, or two. It's when next we do that uh, bat episode. episode. I mean, look, the reality is, for, it's next year for Essendon. I, I, this team is not going to do a Sydney and turn it around, and and. No. and Whenever, no, like, they're listless. Like, you can almost say that that's a guaranteed thing. You know, they're playing so poorly. Well, I like, think Sydney didn't play poorly. They just lost six in a row. They were competitive in most of those games. And they, they had some key yeah. outs for the game for, for their but game plan yeah, at the time. Absolutely. And it, t- it took the group a while to figure it out. That that, yeah. that example, they had Rampy and Heaney out, which were really integral to that structure. Oh, of course. And then they it took them a few weeks to fix the game plan, and then yeah. the, and then the team to get, catch up with that game plan. Whereas this isn't going to happen. And do do you want to talk about? Mark? Mark Neal now, and you want to talk about no, that in a minute? No, we've. I think we've talked enough about. Well, he's gone. They sacked him. If you gone. didn't didn't hear today, no, so. I, I don't think it affects the footy club anyway. That's the thing. It's I, probably it, probably if it does, it's probably in a positive. Well, I saw a lot of Essendon people saying, "Oh, great, you know, great to see some movement." It's like I can't wait to see Essendon fans next week when almost nothing's changed because that's the thing. We're eight weeks in. What do you think that's going to do now? Anyway, uh, poor club. Feel sorry for the supporters at the moment. Um, Especially just but, coming out of the drug saga, and yeah. now they've just done a rebuild, Rip. and it looks shot. They Doesn't were throwing right. money in the drain on Stringer. Yeah. Saad looks looks half Doesn't, the player he was at, at his old club. Can be a good, yeah. He can look good in a shit team, but that's a thing. Maybe well, not, not Gold Coast on a shit team. I shouldn't say that. This, well, they, they were, were this week. Yeah. Anyway, tell me about what Gold Coast. Do we want to next game? Do we want to? That's it. Do we uh, want to go through some of the stats? I mean, oh, do we want to can't like? <laughs> A little bit of Cadden. So Essendon, as an oh, no, example, no, no, no. just to highlight a couple of things. So Mark's oh. inside 50. Essendon won 14 to 9. Butchered it. Well, they kicked 100 points. Their hit outs, you know, Bell Chambers actually did a ride in the ruck. He beat your man that did play Cruiser. Yeah. But it's all about what you do with that. That's the thing. Tackles inside 50 again for Essendon. We highlighted this a couple of weeks ago. It was poor. 11 to 19. So yeah. this That's team, it. this this they need to go back to basics. He's got to pick players that are you know ready to play there's a few people that can come in your francis there's a couple of guys that are knocking on the door that in a couple of weeks are going to be a lot better and hopefully that'll fix them up and they can win some games but it's they should they're going to be looking at 2019 i'd imagine from now 
So you seem like you're pretty keen to move on. So we'll keep going. Oh, well, Gold Coast and Melbourne. Mainly because of two reasons. A, hey, you told me now to move on and now you want to go back. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. Let's keep going. You want, well, go on. We had no. one more point? No, no, no. That's finished. it. <laughs> so we, Melbourne, 146 to Gold Coast, 77 up at the Gabba. 69 point win by the D's. Wow. Well, geez, yeah, 69 points in the end, and uh, considering it half, t- or even at three-quarter time, it was Gold Coast 9-9 to Melbourne 13-17, so obviously Melbourne could have put this to bed much earlier than they did. It should have been a lot bigger, they should but, have kicked an all-time but that, score. Yeah, but that blowout scoreline um, all came about the last quarter where it was two goals to eight. Yeah, which is pretty wild. So. Yeah. Melbourne... Um, Not surprising. Well, Melbourne equaled the record for inside 50s. So they got 83 inside 50s on the night. Yep. So they only needed one more to get the all-time record. 83. You'd think a runner would go out and say, look, one more, one more, boys. I know. We're, we're only close. Pull your finger out. So 6,040 people at the game. Turn it up. 6,000. I think that was rigged too. Oh. If that it, it is starting to become a concern, how do you not have a team in Tasmania and then you throw millions of dollars in the drain? Out of all the interstate games that the Melbourne supporters should go to, it's the one up in Brisbane. Yeah. The weather's beautiful. Wow. They don't get rained on. Was it? Was it nice over the yeah, weekend? Of course it was. You're the weatherman. Yeah, it was beautiful. And so Stephen May decided to touch a touch umpire again. What's wrong with these people? Are they insane? Especially or, after the Hawkins thing last week. Or they just... To get three players that or did Or are they it. that frustrated with their team? It's like, you know what? I'm just going to do something stupid so I get a week off. This is very... This podcast, because well, <laughs> it's very up in the air. I don't actually know whether you know this. Did you... So Stephen May got off. What? Have you seen this? You, you wouldn't have seen this yet. No. So Hawkins got no. done and May, May's been reported. Uh, sorry, Hawkins got reported. May off. Mate, sacked MRP. That's, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> How can you? I purposely oh, didn't tell you. Well, we don't. We don't really. Do, we don't no, really do any preparation. Freaking angry, and that angers me immensely. <laughs> so they, you know what they argued? They argued that it was an accidental. Con- so I didn't. He put even... his head into the guy's chest. So, so well, accidentally, I'm gonna. Just... <laughs> so listen, listen to this, right? So I didn't know this existed. So in the rules, they have a. So they've got two different umpire touch rules, which I had no idea that there was two. So one is accidental and one is intentional. I didn't realize they actually had two of them. I thought it was always intentional. Like, sure, yeah. the only accidental is accidental when you're in the like game. A, but accidental is if you walk backwards or something yeah, and you hit that. them. That's not your fault. Like if you're in the yeah, game in, in and the, they get in the way. So, no. So May got off. He's going to Jaina now. Jaina. Is that the only reason they probably let him off? Who knows? Oh, yeah. I, if I was May, I don't want to go to Jaina. I can't be bothered. Long flight. Goodness gracious. Like, like, like economy again? Yeah, probably. How ridiculous is that? Those massive lucky we, well, Lucky we talk about the football, not the issues. The drama. Jesus. You'd buy a gun, I think, if we talk the drama. Oh, so. I know where my bat would come out for. It'd be that match review. So, anyway. anyway, anyway the game. Yeah, big takeaways. The McDonald boys. Well, McDonald and, and Hogan is it's a serious combo now. Absolutely. And it's a rough-haired buddy type combo now. They look great. Yeah. And again, spread for Melbourne. Mm. Like we have been talking, and they have been disappointing. Don't get me wrong; they have been disappointing, but they have the got a spread across all lines. Lever again is starting to gel very well on that yeah. back line. He's not obviously he's not doing what he did at Adelaide just yet, but I mean, Daniel I wonder whether he's had niggles earlier. Yeah, maybe. In the year. Absolutely, he, he looks. He looked uncharacteristically. It's hard to get out down. Um, I don't know. Who know? We obviously don't know. But no. Melksham as well, I thought, was better. Uh, Brayshaw was good again. Spargo, I really liked too. Like, there was, look, 
This was this was a very easy beats game though. I mean, we can't probably read into it too much. But Melbourne no. are a genuine side. Absolutely, and I think yeah. they're going to be knocking on the door of the eight. I don't this think is they're a... guaranteed yet. I'm not no. going to lock them, but they're they're close. But this is one of those games that they can put to bed. Uh, this to was a game now. they would have lost, lost back in the yeah, day. Exactly yeah. right. So they did what they had to do. Got into state against a team that they're much better than and beat up on them. Yeah, and got the got a big win, big percentage. Gets them up in the top four now on percentage um, or something like that. On or percentage, I know oh, just off, so no, just out. So they're six, right? Okay, yeah, but um, just what they probably needed before um, whoever they've got next week, China. No, yeah. Melbourne and go to China as no, well. Melbourne and go to China as well. We'll talk about that one in the preview. But yeah. look, Neil Bullen as well was really good. Like that's the thing. This we can't. I don't think we can go too much into this game from a Melbourne perspective. They went away. They normally would have lost. They won. They were good. I mean, McDonald, he's a clear... We spoke. Mm. We already spoke about him last week. He's, we said that he's starting to become elite, and look at that. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oliver's just, consistent again. Yeah, obviously, their captain made a return in the VFL. He's coming back next well, week. So they reckon Almost definitely next week. And there was another young guy that they dropped for Salem... And he's can't think of his name. I'll bring it up for the review. We'll look in the preview. preview. Yeah. And but Salem did what he had to do. Salem well. was good. He was, he was really yeah, good. No. I mean, look, it a lot was of pressure on him. The big story out of this is the Gold Coast. I would say are cooked. cooked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we said in the season preview though. We look at. Oh, I thought they would make it about to the bye, and that was a bit generous. Mm-hmm. I think now they're almost certainly. I would say going to lose to Port unless something very specific. Happens next week in China. Um, I think almost guaranteed we're going to see them get belted like they did last year. It was a horrible game. Um, It'll be another horrible game in Shanghai. And then I think Gold Coast will come back and finally they get to play at their ground and they'll be cooked. And Jeff Kennett will get his way and there'll be no more games (laughs) in China. Well, who knows? But either way, I think, look, May, I thought, you know, was, yeah... There's not much pluses to pull no, out of this, this game. This is one for... of those games you just what do you what do you, except for the fact that Melbourne are actually doing what everyone expects Melbourne to do this year out yeah. now. Um, not much else? takeaways for Gold Coast. I mean, look, Miller was good. Uh, I thought Martin was good as well. I mean, obviously, you know, Hall was. I mean, young player. I mean, whatever riff Hall and the coaching panel have. I mean, he gets 23 touches and 82 percent efficiency. Yeah, they need to win games and they need player like him no constantly doubt. in that team so yeah interesting but look they'll they'll still win a few more games and they'll be better than they were last year but yeah I, like I, you and I said at the start of the year halfway they'll be good first half of the year and then they'll probably teeter off because then the big boys will start flexing their metal but they're also young, but they're such a young side and they've been travelling everywhere and they've yeah. had horrible breaks so That's it, and no Tom Lynch as well which no is... Lynch yeah um, no Gary anymore so, do you want to know the uh, scoreline for the Neville Suns? How yes. much So, the Suns team? How about much do you think they scored in two goals? for the whole game? About two goals. Less. Well, good on them. Didn't even kick a goal. No. Or maybe five they, points. They scored four points for the entire match. Massive. What a... What a list they've got to choose from. So they've got some incredible uh, That's some depth, depth coming up. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> they got some uh, some terrible things happening. So Gorn I That's... thought was really good, but Lockie Witz was not great. Uh, uh, so it's starting to get to struggle town now. Yeah, and that, that's really struggling. For AFL, Six thousand people's horrific. AFL well. needs to do more for that club or to that club. I would say to that club would be a better description. <laughs> Um, if because they, there's another off season where they got to pay twenty million bucks into it again, and there's still a few more rounds before they get to play at Metricon, and even then, 
It's against Geelong, so I can't see that winning that. Tasmanian Suns doesn't have a very good ring to it, though. Cairns Suns does, though. That's true. Or what about Townsville Suns? What about Tasmanian Cold? You can call it that. Tassie Gold. Good. Sounds like a beer. Does. Tassie Gold. <laughs> Lovely lager. Don't want to keep the Suns name, though. Darwin no. Suns would work. I reckon they'd get 6,000 there. They'd probably get those more. similar numbers. Yeah. Anyway, In a no, stadium that only holds 8,000, though. I anyway. think Stewie Jews, you know, he's had a couple too many hamburgers now and he's starting to really struggle to get this team off the page because it... They didn't look very good. Didn't look very good. No, mm, not at all. No. All right, well, I don't shall know. we? Is there any, anything out of the stats to pull Adam in Melbourne just obliterated basically everything? I mean, it's no. not one contested, no. one uncontested. Marks inside 50. Four for the game for Gold Coast. Oh, so they're Four. matching their NEFL team. NEFL team's points. points yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, this is consistent somewhere. numbers. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. 19, so 19 marks Did inside get... 50 to four. I was surprised. Did they even get the ball that... In their 50 that fuck many times. Tackles inside 50, 13 to 3. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, no, that's not, let's not talk. Inside 50s, 83 to 43. No. A runner should have gone out. They should have, what they should have done is done what Geelong do. And that this is the ruthless. Why do you want to keep dragging this poor game out? No, no, no. One more, one more point. One more point I just want to say. Like the corpse, dig it up. You let's know what? Let's let's in, two, again. in 2011... When Geelong murdered Melbourne, right? Oh. When they were a ruthless, ruthless side. It's your favourite game ever. I know, it? but there's but there's there's been a couple of good reasons yeah, to bring it up. So they were so ruthless. Stevie J started saying to Hawkins, "Why don't we go for Dunstall's record? Yeah. We'll see whether we can get you to beat the. I think he got eleven for the day, and they were trying. They were literally just trying for records because they're just idiots and just highly competitive. But why not? Why go not? for it. They should have definitely tried to. You know, let's get Hogan like fourteen for the day or something. Let's see Oops. whether we can. But um, no, it was a pretty bit of a laugh yeah. this game. I. That's it. You got to feel sorry for Gold Coast, so. Close the lid on the uh, casket there, mate. Now, in a, in a, in a complete <laughs> reverse, yeah. in Game of the Rounds, Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide beat Adelaide 95-90. to 90, So, Adelaide played five points in a miracle motlop finish. Yeah, and, and wow. at, at halftime, it didn't look like it was going to go this way at all. No. Adelaide no. looked like they had the ascendancy. Control, yeah. Um, it was a low-scoring game. Um, for most goal, of it, yeah. yeah. I mean... Four goals to one in the first quarter, Adelaide up. And then it was another four goals to three. So eight goals, three Adelaide at halftime to Port Adelaide to four goals, six. And then... Um, then it just blew open. Well, fatigue yeah, came too, open. No, it, was, yeah. it was still a faster game. Yeah, a faster game. But um, yeah, then it was just come, the comeback Kings in Port Adelaide. Obviously got a lot of belief. And yeah. um, I don't oh, know if Hinkley talked about it or not, but obviously talked about it after the game about... Zero and five before that in in set, uh, showdowns, and then um, to get come back and win, um, breathe breathe some life back into that Port Adelaide side. Because well, their season was. I know this people was, say season on the line, but it was. Not, not well. In a, it, to a degree, there's obviously a lot to go. Yeah. Mathematically, they've got plenty of other chances, but you're right; it does get them back on the track. Yeah. Um, great return to AFL from Rockcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really good. Nine West, tackles, thirty-one disposals. Westoff was good as well. Um, yeah, look, just pretty pretty decent all-round performance. I mean, when you've got a Ruckman that can have 39 hit-outs and kick a couple of goals, goes a long way to winning a game of footy. Yeah, I think Wright, Wright is the clear, um, you know, now he's come back. You know, he, he, he clearly beat Source on the day, I thought. Yep. But we, we can't talk for, about Paul for too much longer without going into Robbie Gray. Five goals in the third quarter is elite. Yeah, I think he got sick and tired of everyone talking about the other Gray. 
And you just thought, hmm, mate, I'm going to do five boy, yeah, in a quarter. You're a little boy in town, mate. Just uh, wait to... Hager was like, that. Yeah, very, Wingard very as well good. was smart. Did a lot of really clever things across the ground. Two goals, two, 19 disposals. This was, look, they, they were a pretty good team throughout the day. Yeah. But look, Adelaide, jeez, they blew it a bit, didn't they? they? They were really, really struggling through sections of it. But, you know, there were some mismatches that were cleverly created by Port throughout the day. I yep. thought that was really good. Um, you know, Greenwood, I thought, was okay throughout bits of it. Um, yeah, Crouch, think, Douglas was good again, but... I think the injuries geez. to Adelaide's depth against quality side is going to be tested a lot more now. Yeah. Um, and conditioning. Even some of the players that are back, your vets and your, um, your walkers and stuff, they've, they've missed a bit of footy this year. So It's going to take time. They can, yeah. So The other thing I thought too... No, 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 because no, 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 I'll bring up the other point in the other... Okay, in the yeah. preview. The other thing I was going to say, and this was a concern that, speaking of previews, that you and I spoke about last week, Adelaide having a couple of very soft games, I don't think it helped having a carton mm-hmm. sort of game before this. I think it actually helped Port that they were a bit back to the wall, whereas you know Adelaide beat Carlton in third gear. So that was a bit of a concern, I think, coming into the game. And I think they just lacked pressure at times. They, they just lacked the um, awareness of what was going on. Because they just weren't used to playing this level of opposition. Porter are clearly a much better side than Carlton. So. It's an interesting concept because is that going to be a theme throughout the year? It has already been, Because Richmond, yeah. easy game last week, came up against North, who had a fairly tough game the week before with yeah, Sydney. with Sydney. And, again, they almost beat Richmond. Hmm. So, yeah, and Hawthorne Hawthorn had an easy game against Essendon. Hmm. Comes up against Sydney, who had a tough game against North. Hmm. And obviously lost that game as well. So, yeah, I reckon you, you want to have much more competitive games week in, week out than those soft Those soft games are going to be good for one thing, one thing only, and that's percentage. That's the thing. And, and, and you need to really, you know, I think in some respects, you know, some of the Adelaide coaches would have been annoyed that, that they didn't put the foot on the throat of Carlton even harder. Because yeah. they did let them back into the game at times. It's sort of like, mm. not at the same level, but because I don't yeah, think Fremantle just... are as good as Adelaide. But we'll go into the Freo game later, obviously. Fremantle really should have belted St Kilda at times, but they, they let them back into the game as well. Yeah, way so, too much. Look, a lot of takeaways. I mean, they're both two very, very good sides. They're both going to clearly be pushing for the eight. Yeah, I think you can almost lock both of them in. I think Port, I'm still a bit are a chance to pop out, um, but we'll, I think Adelaide are a serious yeah, chance. If we look at um, just further ahead. F- further ahead in the next episode, in the preview of next round, if we look at ladder positions and just the streaks and whatnot, I think you'll see there's more consistency with Adelaide than there is Port Adelaide. On the same, I think Adelaide are a bit more consistent. I think they're more likely chance to be top eight, top four. Yeah. Port Adelaide is still, even though I had a top, I still think they're going to play, but I want to say a lot more from them for the next month. I need especially. more more evidence, yeah. And the next month they've got some they've got some tests, so it'll yeah. be interesting. We'll go obviously to that bit further into the preview. Yeah. But look, Motlop in the end, I mean that's almost worth a recruit. Like that was amazing finish, you know. So if you didn't see the end of the game, definitely watch it online. It was amazing to see. So uh, the short of it is that McGovern got a late goal, got them up. There was only about thirty five ish seconds to go. Uh, clearance they just got it out a lot quicker port pushed it into Motlop's hands they created some space Motlop came through and just his pace you know I heard some people saying oh, Adelaide lost I think it was Eddie I can't remember who was on Motlop at the time but 
the, the short of it is they, they obviously lost that player, but he's you know he's so fast. You forget how quick Montlop is as well. He just just burnt yeah. burnt so, it away, and late in the game to be able to run like that is amazing. So sixteen goal scorers, yeah, twenty individual scorers, yeah, and seven multiple <laughs> goal scorers. So while I mean ninety five to ninety, so. Not an overly high-scoring game, but what an entertaining game it you was. You can mount an argument because... it was game of the year, I think, definitely. I, if it's not game of the year, it's absolutely top three. Top it's three. very early. I mean, yeah. I think... I, I, it's I hard still... to go past Easter Monday still. Easter Monday moment. still, yeah. You can definitely... And, and I thought Melbourne-Geelong was a pretty good game as well. There's a few. There's been some very, very and interesting games, definitely. North Melbourne-Sydney. They're, yeah. probably the, they're probably the top four. That, that, mm, that the game skill wasn't wise, quite as good skill. No, it wasn't but, as entertaining, no. but... I mean, yeah. We're still tens. tens. But These would be top three. They would be the top three for me, the ones we just mentioned as well. Yeah. yeah. But the other the thing about it too is, you know, in terms of chances, you know, Port finished with 14-11 to 14-6. So Adelaide were pretty accurate on the night. Mm. So 14-11, I mean, I know they still kicked over 50%, but there was a number of Port shots where they really could have iced it. So, you know, a big takeaway for me, you know, and we've been pretty critical of him at times, but, you know, to win without... Dixon really doing much. I thought Dixon was not. He's he did still, he's off still the ball. He did some stuff, but yeah. he's zero zero. Like and, and they he, they they easily well not easily won, but they won. So yeah. it's, it's a but that's a win. That's absolutely a win because he's not going to be needed if if Paddy Ryder can stay fit and on the park. There's going to be less reliance on him to play in the ruck, which does free him up as a keep. But again, so what's his role on the team? Well, this is the thing though. Does is he being affected by? The defensive blocks that we were talking about in earlier games. Oh, well. he's struggling to play. Or was he just but, struggling? Do you can I say, potentially, but yep. one thing I've always found with Dixon is he struggles to deal with a number of different tactics, and we haven't got time to go into that specifically. But he he does struggle with a number of different tactics that teams use. Just because to he's do the, the short sums. of it. So because he started it. I think because he played in an average team. Yep. I think that's part of the problem is that it's going to take him time to develop. He's he's very talented. He's a good player. But it, it, I think he played in a very average team. Yep. that got beat down so many times. I, I just don't know where a lot of that clicked in in terms of... He, he's got to get better at fighting his man. He's got to get better at defending. He's got to get better at... at Kicking goals. But, you know, that's the that's the very, very simplest form. Pretty but, sure that's what he got paid to go there for, wasn't it? But that's the thing. I mean, he's, he's just got to contest a lot better. That, that's the thing and for that's me. that's the thing. But, he's not that young, so he's going to have to do it soon. He's 27. Yeah, that's the thing. You think of him as like 22, 23. Yeah, I actually thought he was. No, I mean, no, he's, he's, he's been he's, playing, he's been on He's been out there for a while now. Been out there so. for a while. So, yeah, look. Um, Robbie Gray won the game, though. The story was that Motlop won the game. No, he, Robbie Gray did. Five goals in a third quarter. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's he, opened, he opened it up for for, for Port Adelaide to, to get on top and and have a chance of um, yeah taking the points, which they inevitably did in the end. Yeah, so Port were, were quite good at um, harassing Gibbs as well, so his efficiency was down to forty five percent. So he's been excellent week for week, and that that definitely didn't help them. Mm. You know, Betts as well getting spoofing over to Adelaide a bit. You know, they're definitely he's got a lot back. You know, closer to his best. He's not there yet, but he looked closer to it, which was good. Um, you know, some of some of Adelaide's keys. They, they're going to be a very good side. Um, this is not at all panic stations Absolutely. for Adelaide. No. Um, you know, Definitely. let's say that ball gets locked down. Adelaide won the game, so we're having a very different conversation, conversation right now. Yeah. So that's the thing. We, we're not. We're, we really try to not be yeah. reactionary to different things, especially when there's only one kick in it. it well, but there were so many swings and roundabouts, oh. as people say. And it's a do a cliche. Yeah. Um, but so overall, one thing I did want to say is overall with the. Um, with the derby, 
So they've played 44 times in, in this derby format. It's 22 all, which is pretty, pretty ridiculous. The average winning margin is seven points. Yeah, it's what a rivalry. Can uh, I say another thing as well? Guess how many times these two teams have played on a Friday night. Not enough. Never. There you go, not enough. So, <laughs> my Never. point is... How is, that, how is that even possible for 44 games? It's wound up now. So my point is, and I don't, don't I completely, you know, we agree. It's because it's Melbourne bias. Well, must be because yeah. I, I would rather watch this, these guys play, and given how good that game was, than how many Friday nights have we had the Catton and all these busted ass teams. I, I don't want to see them on a Friday night. Friday night's got to be showing off the game. It's got to be two quality teams. I don't care if you haven't had a Friday night for years. But, if if but, you're a shit team, look at North coming back from the rafters and, and rebuilding and being a good side. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And then, Yeah, but if you're going to be good, then you'll get them. It's exactly like the Dogs. The Dogs had hardly any. Then they started getting becoming a better side. You, you should get rewarded for if you're a better team. Carlton have shown nothing. How do they get... What have they got? Four or five Friday night games this year. It's ridiculous. And St Kilda, that St Kilda game, even that St Kilda Freo game, change yeah. that around. I'd much rather watch this on free to air on the on the big time. But it's all right, it's all right, mate. You got some what? good Friday night games coming up. There are some yeah, good ones coming up. But I, my main... and Thursday night's coming back too. Get ready. No, but my main point is this was match of the round. Of the it was round. clearly top three but... matches of the year so far. Why are we not seeing this on a national stage? It's not oh, good oh, enough. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's not good enough. And it's a perfect, this, this, this would have been a perfect Thursday night game as well. The Derby and the Showdown, so the WO and the yeah. South Australian games, I'd watch all they of them. should be prime Highlights, time. national. Prime time, Friday night or Saturday night. I think, look, Fremantle... Definitely the Adelaide unless one. Unless it's during like a bigger round, like the yeah. Indigenous round or something like that, when there's well, other... It can't be every there. round, but regardless, I think they need to put the... They clearly have to highlight these games. They're packed out anyway, so yeah. it's not like they're going to sell any more tickets. It's sold out. They're packed to the rafters. Put it on the national stage there's and enough. let us let us watch these great games. You would say, and your argument would be, there's enough supporters in Melbourne that will oh. shoot... It. And guess what? If there's a game in Melbourne, it forces those people to actually go to the game. So it's yeah. a win-win for the AFL. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah, and the thing is, we look, we've, we've, we've got access to Foxtel, but the reality is a lot of people don't. And I, I think that, you know the numbers of Foxtel aren't great, but the, the reality is you know there's so many people out there would love to watch this game. I, I think that's really important, given how great the game was. But Pal Pepper as well, I thought was good back in his um, his debut back after um, the suspension. Um, you know they were really consistent across the page, and I thought that we probably could go more in Adelaide, but I, I don't think there's too much more to take out of this game. You go through it, seventy-one to seventy-two disposal efficiency, uh, contested possessions won by Port one fifty-seven to one thirty-seven, so that's a bit of a win there. Uh, marks inside fifty, ten to eight, so Port had a little bit more chances. Adelaide, as I said, did slightly blow it. Tackles inside 50. Fantastic pressure from Port, 13 to 8, which was mm. really, really impressive. But then look at this. It doesn't get much more even than this. Inside 50 is 49 to 50. Like, yeah. basically straight down straight the line. Down the line so, yeah. But, you know, shooting accuracy was, was excellent for Adelaide. You know, they kicked 14 goals and 6 behinds, which is 70% is elite. Um, so the league average is in and around 60. So 70 is fantastic. Um, I think St Kilda at the moment are going at about forty five percent, which is that shows just how bad they are going in terms of yeah, and overall. The, and kicking for goal is about thirty one percent for St Kilda. Memory's going at one percent, so you know we'll get we'll get into the that. Get we have to. For that, yeah. yeah, that was a shit house game. <laughs> it's like the first time we get a game we can watch together, and it was awful. It was... One more game before we get to that back game. 
dogs. Yeah, do you, no more takeaways, no more talking. Look, I could easily, the- in terms of the derby, I could absolutely keep going into it. But my main look at it is that Adelaide are a very, very good side. They absolutely could have won this game. Um, you know, they're clearly going to be either, either they're definitely going to be top eight. I think they're a big chance for top four as well. Their run home is, is not that bad. I think they're capable of doing it. They're going to get a lot of players back. If you haven't heard, actually, Brad Crouch has got a surgery coming up and done for the done for the allegedly. Year. Let's let's yeah. We, we I, heard it from. I'll check. We'll check. We'll Brown. talk about it more in the. That's true. Campbell Brown <laughs> came up with it, but we'll we'll check it in between yeah. uh, the, the review and the preview. But yeah. yeah, I could definitely keep going. But Port Port fought back. They're the side. They're not necessarily the side we thought they'd be this year, but they're eighty percent there, and they're, they're going to be a very very good side throughout the year. They'll win enough games to get pushed towards the eight. Yeah, so they're both sitting in the eight now. I probably would have envisaged Port a little higher than eighth, but I, I probably would have had Adelaide where they are. Where four. the eight is right now is almost where I think it'll stay, and I know that means it's very controversial. I know that means Collingwood out. I know that means GWS out. I know that means North out as well. But how many teams... You can't fit everybody in the eight. And the reality is right now... So we've got Port Adelaide at eighth, Sydney at seventh, Melbourne at sixth, Hawthorne at fifth. We've got Adelaide at fourth. We've got Geelong at third, West Coast at second, Richmond at first. How many of those teams do you see dropping out? Very, very, very few. You can maybe see... I don't know if Hawthorne's struggling the back end of the year. Maybe Hawthorne comes out and North come in, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. Cats are the other one for me. Cats, possibly. But Cats are starting to really prove that, that they are a decent side. And their kids have been so consistent. But anyway, we won't no, go we'll into that too much. Late, we might yeah. do that a bit more in the preview. Absolutely. Yeah. I could keep going, but I think, look, they, they were both very, very... They were very good quality good on the day. It was yeah. both two excellent sides. Um, they, it could easily have gone either way. It's, it's obviously you know heartbreaking for Adelaide when McGovern kicks that goal with 33 seconds to go or whatever it was, 34, 33, mm. whatever, to lose that game from there is, is amazing. But That's footy. That's, you, that happens sometimes. If you're not 100% switch on for 100% of the game, and time, that's and what happens. To be honest, it might actually be a good thing for Adelaide. Absolutely. They might take lessons out of it and they might the coaching group might be able to use some footage there and really highlight that you take your foot off, off the gas... You know, I know yeah. you can get away with playing third gear against Carlton, but you play against third gear at times against Port, they'll punish you. Yeah, Robbie Gray will kick five and a third. So yeah. that's that's mate, my take. Mate, that's uh, well, the Port Adelaide they did it to St Kilda last Correct, year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they there's too much skill and talent on that list. Yeah. To to not say that they can't underestimate them. No, exactly no. right. Next right. game, Etihad wow. Stadium, Western Bulldogs, 107, beat the Lions, 93. Good game. Mate, would have loved to go into this game. Yeah, yeah we were both flat out through all of Saturday. So, Dogs won by 14 points. What are um, what are some of your takeaways with this oh, game? Look, it's probably, in hindsight, the type of game that I quietly was predicting, just internally. I thought the uh, Lions were going to come down and really um, show what they're capable of as a young group, but really what could lie ahead in the future if they stay together as a unit. Yeah. And I saw, um, just before I go back into more about the game, it was, they had their family day the following day, and just the camaraderie between the young guys, are they actually look like they're not going to capitulate? They look like they're going to stay together for a number of years? They do, yeah. I'm not saying one way or the other because you just don't know really. But they do. Fagan and Hodgie and whoever else is up there, the, these guys are like, no, you are on a very talented list. There's a good balance between really youthful um, and mid-experience. Mm. They've only got maybe four or five really old players that will then transition out and let those next sort bracket. of mid-bracket come in and take over. So yeah. they were very, very good. Um, 
all the young guns, your Rainers, Hitwoods. Um, yeah, the, the Charlie they, Cameron as well. Charlie Cameron, fantastic. Well, you and I have said off. Yeah, he's at the moment the recruit of the year. Well, he. So I was. I've actually written that down in this game, so we can have that conversation mm. now. I mean, you know, it's probably Cameron. But you know, there's there have been some others throughout. Actually, you know, maybe we go a bit more further into it in the preview. But yeah, look, there's just there's been some really good throughout the year, and I think Rockcliffe might by the end of the year make that conversation change a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, but right now right as it now, stands, you can definitely put an argument towards mount a very strong argument that that that's the case. So. What yeah. else out of this game? So oh. we'll, let's break it down. We'll do dogs first. Yeah, let's go with the winners. Let's go back to we, our we usually usual start with the winners. Yeah, yeah. So Bont was Bont. great. Um, you know those early goals I thought were really really impressive. You know he he just looks fantastic. The luxury of being able to play him up forward is just beautiful. So four goals, one. Um, you know Gowers, my mate Gowers, I thought was really really good again. McLean. I know there's there was so many good players, but look, I'm I'm going to give him the heat check, and he's been banging on the door repeatedly, and I, I can't ignore it anymore. And I know we don't necessarily always give heat checks to people that you know just get the massive numbers, but he's such an underrated player, Jack McRae. Oh yeah, Jack McRae. <laughs> That's so, two in a row because I had him last week as a heat check. Oh really? Yeah. I was going to say I haven't picked him. No, I wasn't you sure haven't. You oh, I did last okay. week. Yeah, but how can you not? How can, how you, can not? you not? So he's got to be. If he's not, he's got to be top three Brownlow favourites. I would say right now, he, Mitchell, and Fife are probably only, the three. Only reason he's not going to have the votes is because they haven't won. Yeah, well, they've won. That's the ball. Who knows by the end? Who knows by the end of the that's year? The only reason he might not be there at the moment, Eligible. but he'd be in the top five. He's got to be in the five for sure. So disposals forty-seven, which is outrageous. So that's two weeks in a row over forty, and yeah. he has not had a game under thirty touches this year. Yeah, eighteen kicks, eight tackles, twenty-nine handballs. He he looks unbelievable. So he is just an out-and-out star. And you know you just don't hear much about him. And, so he's he, only, he, and even with all those disposals, he went at seventy-eight disposals. You know how old he is? He's young. I know. Yeah, twenty-three. Yeah, it's amazing. Twenty-three. And so the dogs have got a lot of upside for this next rebuild, so to speak. Like he, he just looks fantastic. I, I thought Dunkley was really good too. He showed a lot off the ball. Like his stats line is good. It's 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 not amazing, but it's it's not horrible or anything like that. But then you see him off the ball. So he had one goal, one nineteen. Um, three tackles, but you see him uh, off the ball, and he just does some unbelievable stuff. Like he's just a star, puts his head over the ball. He's just got really, really good awareness. But the dogs are starting to really trust each other and and, and gel together. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we, we've mentioned that a couple of times tonight. But I think now that we've seen a decent sample size of some of these teams, I want to look at it from a couple of different angles. And I think you know the dogs are really, really starting to look better. I know they beat Brisbane; they're not an incredible side, but they're looking better and better. But so. players like Suckling, yeah, um, he, that's his best been, game for the year, yeah, and has been always touted for his unbelievable good foot skills. And he was on show on the on the weekend. He had thirty touches at eighty six percent efficiency. Yeah, so massive return. And when you've got players of that caliber all over the park it's just a matter of time of them gelling together and the doggies are serious contenders again now i think they're i think they're they're, they're genuine contenders i mean not for the flag sorry i'll make that clear eight well, they're not a contender for the flag for me they, they do not have probably the not but they're, 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 they're a contender to make finals though yeah absolutely they, they are they're a serious chance to knock on the door yeah um they've got such a beautiful spread of players and the reality is there are a few of these players that haven't played together that much but in time they're only going to get better and better but i, I thought 
you know, I thought Frank uh, Dogs, you know, they're looking better and better. So yep, they're building and building. So we better look at Brisbane. So Brisbane, you know, pivoting onto them as well. I, I, you have to. The first thing for me, biggest takeaway is Fagan. Like you have, to, and this whole coaching side, how they keep getting this team up to, you know, push and knock on the door and and you know nearly sneak a win. Like it is, yeah. it is just amazing. Like because normally teams when they keep getting belted and belted and. You know, a couple of weeks getting off. belted exactly. Whereas they've, you know, they nearly beat Port. They've they've nearly beat um, Gold Coast. You know, they nearly beat Western Bulldogs. I think they've gotten so close so many times. But yeah. um, and they've got some good players. I'm just going to highlight uh, just another young guy, no, no, McCluggage. Yeah. At only 15 touches, 100 percent efficiency. Yeah, it's and amazing. Kick, and it? a goal. So look, um, we'll talk about next week, obviously in the next episode. But they're a big chance for their first win next week. I think so. Yeah, I think Brisbane. I think Brisbane are going to win a couple of games. Definitely, they might win. You know, sort of four or five. But look, they're a very young side. Yeah. You know, Cameron's trying his heart out. You know, there's a lot of these players that have been better. I thought Zorko was really good. Very again, good. yeah, four, four goals, goals, twenty-four again. possessions, so seven two weeks, tackles, two weeks in a row with four goals. Um, not sure last, last week. week, in and around there. Yeah. yeah, but so he's, he's, the point is, he's back. He's he's. He's broken away from that because he was struggling for a few weeks there. So, yeah. so Brisbane got the second youngest list this year, just behind the Gold Coast. Yeah, average age of twenty three. And they look and a half. lot better. They look a shit load better. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway. So that's that's uh, a concern. Big concern. But um. No. Look, Brisbane. Brisbane are going to be good. I thought Hodge tried really hard as well. I thought he was okay. He got owned again by the Bont, but generally speaking, he was pretty good. There's a couple so. of uh, a couple of little uh, highlights Texts here where he must have got throughout the night. Bont, the Bont just running away from old man Hodgie. Yeah. Poor old mate. But he's he, he was he's, good. He at the thing at the end of the day, he's there for a specific role. And he's obviously playing because he's getting the game. Yeah. But he's just there teaching. You can tell he's an on-field coach. Yeah, that's true. Although there's no, yeah, well, there's no doubt about that, yeah. though. Which is fine. That's what you want for, for a team like Brisbane. That's probably why we're seeing so much more improvement this year. Yeah. yeah. So getting now we're sort of a bit through the year now, a bit over, you know, we're sort of a third in now. Brisbane, there's probably not too much more we can keep repeating. I mean, they're, they're going to be a very good side. But, you know, this is going to take another, clearly another year or so for these Hipwoods and Rainers and these sort of people to lift. And then, as we said last week, they are a legitimately good side. There is light at the end of the tunnel for Brisbane. But it's, you know, the reality is it's going to take time. I think for the rest of the year, unless they have a win or they have an unusually bad loss. There's probably not much We are more. literally going to be repeating ourselves. Yeah. And that's, that's just my gut feel about how this team is getting um, gelling and working together as a young team. They're going to be competitive as we've said. Yeah. Week in, week out. So apologies for all the Lions supporters and Bears supporters and the, no, the no. Fitzroy supporters and whatever you want to call yourselves. But we can't keep repeating but every week the same thing. It'll be boring for everybody else. Um, and, and I think if you've got something that you do want us to talk about, definitely email us or tweet us or yeah, if you Facebook, want deep, Instagram, any of that sort of stuff. If you stuff, want us to deep dive on one or two players, we'd happily do or that. A or a game plan or a specific thing. I'm more than happy to do absolutely that. Absolutely, same. It's just you, you, if you guys direct that, that's probably going to be the better, better way to do it because there's probably not too much more we can keep. Because I reckon for eight rounds now, bar one game, we've said almost identical things about Brisbane. It's and just that's the, the thing, yeah. The individual players here and there that have had a better game that round. So um, one other thing just before I think we get it's more about Brisbane. the dogs. Yeah, yeah no, uh, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. One other thing on Brisbane, I thought Martin again was excellent. Yeah. So you know, he won the hit outs pretty convincingly. There was a few people. The dogs 
haven't made a real decision on who their ruckman is, so they do rotate through it. Boyd sometimes does a bit, you know, English and so on and so forth. But Martin was really impressive, you know, 75% disposal efficiency, 20 disposals. Like, he was actually pretty good on the night. You know, he does really try. He's a quality player, but, you know, obviously there's only so much that he can do in a, in a side that's, you know, struggling and, and getting going. Robinson was a bit better back from suspension, but, um, yeah, look, there's not much too much more. But, look... Big takeaways, dogs are a, are a genuine side. They're starting to gel together a lot better. I think that issue of them, well, big issue of them, the first two weeks of getting belted, I think I can put that... I'm starting to trust that that was just them not gelling together in a lot of the you know the game plans and different technical elements that were you know put forward to them in the off-season. Um, and I think now they're starting to gel that together and they're figuring it out. So. We're going to learn a lot about the doggies before the break. So who have they got? Go so through. they have got next this Friday night, Adelaide over there. Which is a massive game, yeah. Massive game. They won't be afraid of travelling over there to... Well, Adelaide to just lost, so they want to rebound. Yeah. And then Eddie had following week on another Friday night against the Pies. Yeah. So a couple of good Friday night games, mate. About time. And then the week after that, mm, so right. and then massive game, Eddie had stadium against Melbourne. So, and then, then, then they got the bye the week after that. So that's that's three pretty big games in the lead up to the bye. So they'll probably want to go two and one at the very least before that. But You would think so, yeah. But I reckon that's going to be a tough, tough challenge to go two and one. Yeah. But um, we better keep moving. I don't think there was too much more we can discuss out of this game. So we've no. talked a bit about it. So next game, Fremantle and St Kilda. Fremantle won one. 89 to 59. Fremantle won. Next Fremantle won. Game. 30 points. North Melbourne. We better go into it. Yeah, we have to. We this sat is... and watched it. I don't know how we watched it. Oh, a bottle of wine. A couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> a couple of bottles of wine. And, and about 10 or 15 minutes of St Kilda actually showing that they know how to play football. It was good to watch but, the five show. That, that's about it. Oh, yeah. So there was about 15, 20 minutes. So if you didn't watch this game, so I'm sure a lot of listeners did not see this game. So Fremantle were the better side and, and that's it. You can jump over it. But if you didn't see this game, there was a patch through the second and then very much in the third where St Kilda actually looked okay. So They started to figure it out. They came into the game. Sorry, you were going to say? Yeah, just before you go on. So just so those who didn't... Yeah, Watch yeah. it. At half time, it was seven goals five Fremantle to one goal five St yeah. Kilda. One one goal. One goal. That and was they kicked that in the O-N-E. first. And they kicked that in the first. Mm. Um, no goal. And then by three quarter time, it was nine goals nine to Fremantle seven, seven. to seven seven St Kilda. So whether tightening St. up or Fremantle just went to sleep, which I think it was a bit, bit of both. both. Um, so Ross Lyon probably wasn't too impressed with that, but and um, but then then again one goal in the last quarter to St Kilda so they ended up with 8 goals 11 and Frio kicked 4 goals 2 so they ended up 13-11 so obviously Frio did what they needed to do they probably should have won by another 4 or 5 goals and oh definitely Fremantle should have won by it. so they had they had plenty of opportunities yep. they threw in the bin I mean they should have been it's it's again it's kind of like it's it's hard because it's sort of like Adelaide against Carlton you know, we said before that they could really put their foot on the throat. Mm. They could have, but at the same time, you know, I, I can understand why this does happen. If you're playing a lacklustre side, so Membry kicked one goal five. Yeah, so and five, and those, they were he looked the most from, likely of doing much. 
and they're all, all basically directly in front, thirty to forty meters. Oh, out from not God. that twenty far to away. forty meters. No, out. no, no, no. All very ghetto. There is something very, very diseased. diseased in the confidence and the goal kicking mind of every Saint Kilda ben player. Dixon. Yeah, which is unbelievable because he was dead eye dick at uh, Hawthorne. So I wonder whether can I put something forward with um, with goal kicking? Stick to. Um, Commentary. commentary. I mean, with goal kicking, though, I wonder whether he has been too radical. I wonder whether he's changed too many things. I wonder whether Complicated he's... Complicated too much for him. Well, I wonder whether... Well, they're young kids. I wonder whether he's given them, you know, new offensive styles and he's changed ball drops and all sorts of different stuff. I wonder whether he's really kind of changed it up so much to the point that, you know, he, like, memory just doesn't look like it at all. Like, to kick one goal five and... and like. He should have kicked out of that. I mean, you know, yeah, there's plenty of players that could have kicked five straight. He's or at least five one out of that. He had six shots, but uh, bare minimum, he needed to get three three. He needed to go at least fifty percent and to get one five out of that. There were so many of that. But anyway, look, I think St Kilda. I don't think St Kilda looked fit enough as well. Like Sandlancer Thomas was out running half of the St Kilda kids. Like it was just ridiculous. He's like 400 foot, actually, 500 look, years old, and he's outrunning half of these St Kilda kids. Yeah, it was a actually, joke. A couple of times. He, not one or two. No, defend, multiple he, times. Like, but not against one or two no, defenders. About same five, players, six. Different players. Just got around them, did a couple of blind turns, laced out, didn't go anywhere, can't kick. Still uh, a ruckman. <laughs> but he's at least tried. He tried. Oh, he got but it all. got it all. He's yeah. all right. No, he's all right. He's all right. Well, but, so we'll go, do you want to go to... We'll go Freya first. We'll start with the winners. I mean... Is there much to go into? Fife was, was fantastic. He kind of internalised a little bit after he nearly killed um, Jake Carlisle. So he put his knee to Jake Carlisle's <laughs> head, nearly murdered him. And, I think um, Jake Carlisle put his head into Fife's knee. But... Possibly. Snapchat. Snapchat. But yeah. the, the, the funny thing about it, though, is there's the Brownlow rule. There's Brownlow, the Brownlow, Brownlow, Brownlow clause, which means that if you um, get suspe- or there's a risk of suspension, they don't do it. Yeah, and that wasn't the only thing he got off on because his shoulder also made contact with someone's head mm. in force. Yeah, he nearly murdered a few people. Yeah, so that, and they can't help it. He's just a mad unit. And, uh, but he was he was fantastic. He nearly took mark of the year uh, if he'd clunked that one. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, like his stats and line he, sickening. If he can improve his goal kicking, then he yeah. right now become. If he improves that, he's clearly better. He's player clearly than the best player in the game if he's able to do that. Yeah, but even Regardless, outside of that, he's still top two. He's so clean, you know, he was so efficient throughout the game, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll hear a lot about and that a genuine humour, but he actually looked affected after that hit on Jake. Because he, he wants the second Brownlow. Yeah, well, that, but I think he was generally concerned about the health of, like, if you watch the replay and they show you straight after, he actually notices what happened and, and just checks Jake Carlisle. Yeah. And then he was basically out of the game. And he whispers to him and says, if there's evidence, you know... Brownlow, Brownlow, Brownlow. <laughs> so... But he did. He was. He didn't. We didn't see him for about a quarter and a half. He did. After that, he did go quiet. You and I both commented yeah. watching this game. Well, in between falling asleep, uh, <laughs> we we both commented that uh, this was not Whiskey ideal. So things. we had the fire going, glass of red, and you know, really started talking about NBA through most of the game. I'll be brutally honest. And music. And music. And we kind of got very sidetracked. We did watch it. But we did watch it, but it was in the back. We've got some level of responsibility to watch it, given we got a podcast about AFL. But, but that it, was, said, it was not a good game. Yeah, and, and I'm. Basically, not going to mm. take too much note of any St Kilda games for the rest of the year. Sorry, St Kilda supporters, but until your team starts actually turning up to play, even if it's half a game of football, I might watch it then because at least then there's half a game of football to watch. But mm. ten minutes, nah. It doesn't. So 
well, just to, before we go away yeah, from can, Fremantle, 25 contested possessions for five, which is sickening. Uh, 13 clearances, which is outrageous. So that's two weeks in a row now. He's the first player to have more than 25 yeah. contested possessions in consecutive games. Sickening. Yeah, not Vom- bad. Vomit sort of stuff. Not, not, not bad he, for, he is, uh, he's a ridiculous for a guy that has player. to wear purple all year. Yeah, and someone that, that you know, he's, he's had... Such a sickening injury, and then yet he's come back and been, you know, pretty close to his Brownlow year. But look, with anything else with them, I mean, Sandlance was really good. I mean, like, I'm still concerned by Freo played five players over 30 years old. That's yeah. still a bit of a concern. Fair. I know Ross has a fetish for older units, but it started because he just loves the Sandy and all that sort of stuff, and we probably don't want to go too heavily into Ross fetishes. No. Probably get arrested. But probably. that said, I, I don't... Yeah, look, I, it's a bit of a concern. Pierce, again, he was fine, but there's, there's there's some kids banging on the door, and if you look at... I was going to say, what happens... Fremantle Twitter, there's people who are very angry that there's some of these kids don't get a game, and I'm starting to see their point. Absolutely. Let, let's be honest... Be lucky to play finals this year. Frio, probably. They'll be probably. lucky. They might. They They're might, yeah. They might. But, uh, a lot of games at home. Are they going to go deep? No. Highly unlikely. So, these 31, 32, 33-year-old defenders, cool. All right, they're around next year. Hmm. Fremantle will probably be a much better side next year. I think the reality is that, that if I'm what, Ross Lyon... Is, he just, is it a two-year, let's yeah. go for another flight? No, I know what you mean. But history will repeat itself again. It won't work. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not the coach. I'm not the captain. I'm but not if, I, if I'm if I'm in, if I'm in internally in Freo, I'm wanting to build a team around Fife. He's a generational player. He's still in the window. He's going to be a very good player for at least two to three more years minimum. If not more. I, I, if not more, I'd be playing kids and then recruiting whoever the hell you can get over there. Your Hogan's yeah. or any of these people that are from WA, getting everyone. If there's anyone that's yeah. that's unhappy at West Coast, West Coast have so much depth, depth at the moment. Huge. If there's anybody at West Coast that's unhappy... Get a, a gaff or whatever. Throw why not? Well, that's the thing because he's Shui, 20... maybe, maybe you'll get. Maybe they won't go home. Uh, uh, that's the thing. No, nah, we'll, like, we'll and we'll. we'll they're talk never going to get. It. Fife is a once in a generation player, really. Like he's except for our generation because we've got three of them. But that's still pretty <laughs> damn good, though. Like he's right up there. He's a oh freak, yeah, absolutely. So... And he's twenty six. So let's say four years minimum. He's got four, but four years of of elite of elite and building a good team around him. So they yeah, need to play kids. Yeah, definitely. Why are they playing Pierce? Pierce will be 30 what is yeah, how old is Pierce? 100. Oh, 400. He's he's almost he's cool. Yoda age. So Neil Neil as well was really good again. You know, yeah. that's the thing. It's Neil Fife, Sandy. Some of the second tier were a bit better, but I I yeah, my, one of my takeaways like from Ryan was really good. He was good, but yeah. I want to see more from their second tier. I would like to see a bit more from that next level up. Um, you know, Monday, good, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, they're starting. Uh, I mean, they're starting to really miss um, Walters and um, so he's Bradley, a chance next week. Yeah, Walters. and um, and Bradley and Hill with his he's outside arrested pace. jail. Yeah, so is his. Um, they could do with him back though, because <laughs> if they can get him, they can get him out of Pentridge, he'd be good. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. No, they're a good they're, side. They're a good side. Good side with a basis to become a very good side again soon in the next year or two but if I, I know you can't always just play constant kids but I, I'm a bit confused how Pierce keeps getting games I'll be brutally honest so yeah let's go to St Kilda unless you've got, have you got anything else you want to chat about Freo I don't think there's too much more we need to cover I mean they they, they, they did what they had to do 
They, so just they, so we they clearly let St Kilda way back into the game too much. I'm so sorry, sorry yeah, there was no, some no, funny, just to be clear, because I'm looking at Pierce and going, no, he's young. But there's two Pierces now. There's two. Alex and Daniel. Sorry, so the we're old talking one. yeah, we're talking about Daniel Pierce. Now it's alright, I just want I was thinking, hang on, I saw the young guy. But no, yeah, no, yeah, the old other one. Pierce. Yeah, old Pierce and, and Michael Johnson. They're the, they're the other he's the other old fart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll go into um go into St Kilda, Kilda now. Where are the positives? Are there any? Mm, no. Next game. Oh, look, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the biggest the biggest thing to come out is the fact that they obviously Jake Carlisle. Carlisle was it was really magic. good, and he yeah. was he was clunking everything, he and then he got then he marks. got shot. Yeah, five contested marks. Five got a gun and just went bang, and that was it. So five obviously went. No, this could ruin our win. So we better get him out. Only guy that can play on their team. Yeah. So yeah. Saints in the clearance were just horrific. They were embarrassing. You know, they 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 just can't compete at AFL level. And then you know, like Essendon as well, they look completely unorganised and disconnected. Um, you know, between you know, that's the thing. Like, it's not the thing with AFL is it's very it's very very different to a sport like NFL. So if you look at American football, like if you've got an amazing quarterback, if you've got a couple of decent receivers, you're generally going to be fairly good. Whereas in AFL, like there's got to be a, that's one of the things that's great about our game is there's got to be really good. Synergy between the three different groups. So you, the reality is, if you haven't got that synergy there, it does make it so much more difficult to make it work. So you're frothing at the mouth and say, "Oh no, I've got Go one on. positive for St Kilda. One is that why you went nuts? Oh, unbelievable! Didn't, what have think you got? didn't think it did exist. All right, so their tackle pressure in their forward fifty ridiculously high, mm. eleven to three. Mm. It's just that they can't do anything with the ball when they get it. But that's something we've said about St Kilda for seven or eight weeks now. So I was didn't yeah, you're right, it's a good it's a good point, but it's something we've been banging on for years. You know, they get they can get the ball in there, but then they don't do anything. And they can with hold, it. They can but the big problem is they don't have a forward line. There's no rewalt obviously. There's no memory, you know, can't hit the side of a bun. They've got, you know, half half you know, McCartan's, you know, basically you know Well, he's, he's not he's probably out. gonna play for the rest of the year. I mean, let's look <laughs> It's so, I don't I don't like going on a, going on about yeah. it, but it's it's how do you pick a guy that has diabetes? I know you can play with diabetes. I'm not having to go at people with diabetes, but the reality is like he it's it clearly affects his play, clearly affects his game. He's had so many issues with concussion. I mean, it can't kind of predicted the concussion no. part, but he's I've heard and I'm not a recruiter or anything like that. I'd heard that there's a whole range of issues that he's had and. Yeah, why? Why do Saints pick him over Petrarca? They had the picks to take Petrarca. He's a freak. I don't know. There's been some clear poor recruiting at that club, and then when you look at Geelong, like half of their kids look like complete animals. So it's a I don't know. Yeah, Saints haven't. Been, it's a concern since that Rewalt Montagna um, Cosy era. era of when they got those. They have been pretty woeful when it comes to not only the draft but their trading. They don't look like it, yeah. Like, oh, they, they got Jake Carlisle, but Jake obviously wanted out of Essendon because of what was going on there. Shoot club. But, look where he plays now. <laughs> oh, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> but, I mean... Although they're pretty bad, Essendon. I shouldn't laugh yeah, too. Yeah, they, they can't laugh. But <laughs> they're both pretty awful. They're both, they might be bottom two in the ladder. Sides, but, I mean, 
some of the players that have come and gone from that club to other clubs and excelled has is probably and the people they've brought in haven't really done that well. It's clear the system at St Kilda is poor. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Absolutely. There's some, and if they don't do something to soon. the back of house soon, soon. Mm. I mean, it's not just the Rod Butters. I mean, not I mean, just the Rod Butters here. Look it's still what, cooked. Look at what Essendon have done. What did they do? Well, they got rid of one. Someone. Who? Neil. Oh. Just start cleaning them out, boys, and then get the club in the back end right. Yeah, that's true. Because it, people go, oh, the footy department's different from that. No, it's you're not. About Herd for a second. No, there, but it, no, it, it is Neil. not. Like, because if there's uh, disruptions in the boardroom and no, at no, the top, yeah. it filters down because that's what you, insula- footy clubs are insula- insulated. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, these players can say that they're, they're barely at the club. No, you're not. You're a professional footballer. Yeah, you yeah. spend heaps of time there. So if there's no president or there's a, a rift between the president and someone in the board or whatever the case may be, I don't know what the case is, but there's obviously something severely bad going on at St Kilda. Because, uh, yes, two greats have left for retirement. So next um, next one... Yeah, but that's it. That's enough. No, yeah. So next one, North Melbourne and Richmond. Richmond won 82-72 to 72 by 10 points. Good game. This was, the, this was... look. It looked like Sunday was going to be... The much better day. This was a good game. The next game wasn't great, but this this was a much better game. Um, Richmond did what they had to do, so ten points. Really, really tight match. But the, the the story I think more so is is North. I thought North were outstanding. They were really, really impressive on the day. So yeah. I, I nearly picked him for the heat check, and I. I just wanted to pick McRae, but I thought Cunnington was unbelievable. Wow. So, he just goes under the radar, oh, doesn't mate. he? Jeez. So 32 of his 38 possessions were contested, which is the highest 32. highest ever. Highest ever in history. What a star. So, since they started recording stats. So that is just absurd. So I thought, yeah. look, the, the big, big, big story I thought was just how impressive yeah. North were on the day. Yeah, and if anyone doesn't know who we're talking about, because you don't know anyone at North, he's the guy who's 26 but looks 36 and plays in the middle. He does look old, doesn't he? Yeah, That's it looks true. very old, but he's only 26. And obviously, Jacobs did another number on a superstar midfielder yeah. by blanketing Dusty. So Zeeble, uh need Conker in the head. Did a Sicily. Why would you take out a conker? Silly. No, we don't need him anyway. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going to do it, get a caddy. Punch in or something, yeah. <laughs> no, but he... Um, anyway, but he's, it looks like that's... Um, well, he got suspended. I don't yeah. know. Whether, we don't know whether North are going to challenge it. It looks unlikely, but... Um, yeah, that was good. I mean, Anderson was really impressive as well. Clark. There, there were some really, really good players on the day throughout. You know, Wait. Captain Koch was not bad. good. No, Koch was very good, but North was oh, North, yeah, still North's doing theory. North. So Brown was really good. I mean, Higgins was really impressive as well. But look, this we said it already last week. I mean, North are a genuine side. They look fantastic. They are a serious, serious side. Yep, and unlike St Kilda, have recruited extremely way well. better and have genuine upside. And again, they did this yep. without door. So look, I, I I thought this was really really yeah, impressive. Did so. without door. That's yeah. It's they look really good. Jacobs has get, again did the number on um, Dusty, so he just keeps tagging yeah, superstars out of the game. And they, He's the best tagger in the game. Yeah, and while the actual numbers might not be there, I'm just going to have a check, but that back six has to be... Yeah, they've got to be the defenders best were, were back amazing, six so. in the comp. 
They were they were very very good. I mean, you go through the stats and you know, Mark well, they inside are. fifty second best defense. They are, yeah, in just the behind league. behind the Tigs. Tigs, yeah, and for a long time through the year they were number one. Yeah, so. but overall stats, I mean, Mark's inside fifty twelve to seven. You know, in Richmond's favour, but look, the reality is that 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 sounds like not much, but North really capitalised on what they had. Tackles inside fifty, Richmond as always were ferocious, eighteen to eight. So Richmond, obviously, very, very impressive there. But tackle numbers, you know, they weren't too far off, only 10 different. But inside 50s, 54 to 43. So it was pretty tight. Richmond only just won most of the categories. There's only really a few that they kind of belted them in, mainly tackles. And that's that incredible pressure that Richmond provide. And that's that's their complete game plan. And it's incredible how they are able to have the energy to just week in, week out, just keep pulling these just ridiculous, ridiculous consistency of you know constantly providing so many tackles and so much pressure, yeah, absolutely. it must get exhausting. But they're just continually doing it. I guess they're basically playing in Melbourne most of the time, anyway. Yeah, and funnily enough, um, it was a close game all, all throughout. Uh, I think Richmond skipped out to about a twenty-five point lead just before half time, and North didn't hit the front until early stages of the last quarter, and it was about quarter of the way through the last quarter where. Tigers went, you know, we've just got to get this win. And they did what they needed to do to yeah. get over the line. So, look, they're both very, very um, combative sides. At this stage, obviously, you would say that both are going to be playing finals, even though North are just outside of the eight. They keep playing like that against any other team in the comp. They, they win those games. Definitely, yeah. Look, North are pushing. They're a serious side. And, you know, they're sitting in the eight at the moment. And, who knows? You know, like this is the thing. The ce- the ceiling with North Melbourne is so much higher than I think a lot of people thought. I don't think anyone's worked out their game plan. They play a really interesting style. I mean, they 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 play on. They're they're really really impressive. Their defense. I think the big part of it is their defense is so solid. It just holds it in. So they're just really tight throughout the ground. And I, I think the problem is that Jacobs has been so good at, for teams in general. Problem playing North is that Jacobs just completely removes the best player from whoever they yeah. play. Week in, week, week out. out. So he just takes whoever the best player is, bang, gone. So you basically are down that percentage, and then they, they figure out a way It'll around it. It'll be interesting it, so. to see if uh, guys or teams that come up against North now start getting their major They'll play. They'll take them a lot more serious. Line. But do, do you start playing your key midfielder or your ball magnet yeah, in, a for, in a forward pocket and nullify it that It throws influence? your game plan around is the problem. So yeah. I, I, it's, it's an interesting strategy. But look, let's... um keep going over to Richmond so look you know these guys just keep going don't they Caddy four goals Lambert again was fantastic you know Rewalt was really good Cochin back one goal one 37 disposals three tackles like, he was just ridiculous yep. on the day 23 handballs like he was just you know <laughs> unbelievable Sam so Malloy, scoring very options good as well. again wow no, look, they're, they're, again, we probably can't go too much into this. Richmond did what they had to do. They continued their game plan. They choked them. They were stronger and stronger throughout the day. And they eventually, you know, North buckled under the pressure. And look, they had chances late. You know, Brown had a, a really, you know, chance late to ice it. But it's pretty hard under that amount of pressure. And it was, a, I'm sure they ran them pretty ragged throughout the game as well. So... I don't have too much more to say about this game. It was a really, really good game. You know, Jacobs on Martin was excellent. Nice matchup as well. But it was one of those games yeah. where it was just tight football and not a lot of talking points per se, except for the ones that we've already that we've already on. highlighted. And yeah. most other people are highlighting. One other thing I would say though, actually, out of this though, is 
Jed Anderson is such an underrated player. You don't hear anything about him. I think we've spent more time talking about North, but I think that's yeah. to be fair. You know, well, we didn't talk about him for the first three, four episodes. That's not true. We've been re- <laughs> we've been good with North this no, year. Most been, podcasts yeah. don't mention them at all, and you know, obviously there's there's North Melbourne focused ones, but a lot of them don't mention them, and I or barely. And I thought you know there's been a lot of good talking points, and they've been a better side this year, and they'll get door back soon as well and they'll be a better side for it but Jed yeah. Anderson I just wanted to highlight he was fantastic yeah so. well um, it would have been nice if he played anywhere near like that at Hawthorne because we would have kept him then that's the thing but no I would have loved to have seen this game live I, yeah, um, it was like Mother's Day so just we're flat out throughout the day so I didn't get to see this game but um, I saw a little bit of the end but yeah look this was impressive Richmond did what they had to do they're a clearly very very good side but you know we'll go into them a bit more in the next episode because we're going to learn a lot about them next week so. yeah absolutely and North we've gone into a lot in the last few weeks and you know they're, they're a clear genuine they're side on, they're, yeah they're absolutely they're banging on, on the, the door. door absolutely they are and they're just they're never going to be an easy game against North I don't think so teams, and, and, no. and, and they're great to watch too that's the, that's the fantastic thing about North is they're defensively minded but yep. they're also very good to watch. It's not a Paul Ruse lockdown, Ross Lyon sort no. of boring odd game. It's no, they, they like can do both. They can defend extremely well. And not to well. say that's boring, but a lot of people do. I don't, I like that because I like different tactics, but a lot of people find that style boring. North are actually stylistically quite good to watch, but then they are also very good at locking it down. But it's interesting. They're great. They provide good pressure. So. They've, yeah, they've modelled their game plan on Richmond from last year. I think Absolutely. so, yeah. Absolutely. But Richmond have got a lot, just you know Richmond have got a lot of heart and they're just showing it. You know well, that's, that was so what much confidence after, so long. And so much confidence after last year. We've said it every week. So much confidence, so much trust. They've won seven in a row, not seven in a row. They won seven out all. That must be sort of five or six in a row. But yeah, yeah they look they look really Absolutely. good. It looked very Next good. game, last game, Collingwood lost to Geelong, forty-five to sixty-six. Geelong's win at the G, not the greatest game known to man. This looked on paper like it was going to be one of the best games of the round. Um, and so Collingwood didn't score their second goal until the third quarter, which is um, yeah. not ideal. Well, so it's one three, right. one six, and then didn't get anything until the third. So sorry, yeah. you no, something. I was just going to say um, probably what so many of us expected earlier in the year. Mm. Where are they going to kick their goals? But they've been kicking goals up until now, so it's really, really surprising that. Um, yeah, they'd only kicked uh, one goal for the half. So they literally were one point ahead of St Kilda at halftime. Yeah. So that's not that's not very uh, good. And then to kick five goals, 15. I know it wasn't ideal conditions at the G. It wasn't but, terrible, though. But yeah, still five goals. Look, the biggest takeaway out of this for me is that Collingwood are a good side, but they're not a great side. They had a really good run for a while, but Geelong were, were able to nullify them pretty easily. Geelong's defence is outstanding, given the circumstances. Taylor was really good in his game back, but my man Stewart is well, an out-and-out superstar. Third stingiest defence in the comp. Well, so, as an example... Not bad, considering they've only just got Taylor back, and Henderson's still not back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the great thing as well is, so Collingwood scored five goals for the game. If you go back to last week, Geelong, GWS, how many goals did they get? Just scrolling down, basically about, about zero. Four. four. There you go. So... Throughout the last um, couple of weeks, they've barely conceded anything, which is fantastic. So, yeah. so my heat check for this yeah. game, we have mentioned him on and off, um, plays second fiddle to so many of the midfielders, Mitch Duncan. He's been He's quiet yeah. for most of the year, but he, I think this was his best game for the year. He got 25 touches at yeah. 76%, had a number of score involvements, was unlucky not to kick a goal, and... Applied pressure, had some four, had four tackles, and was just um, very, very strong in the clearance area as well. Had six clearances, so 
good to see him playing some really consistent football because if him, Menegola, and these guys take some pressure off the big three, yeah. then Geelong are definitely a serious, serious contender this but year. But he, he did a lot off the ball as well, yeah. though. Like, he was he was really he's, impressive throughout the day. He's I, unbelievably good, one, good. Yeah, he's just, his run is um, underrated, I think, for, for from a lot of people who don't watch Geelong like you and I watch Geelong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, look, they've got... Uh, they've got Depth in spades in that midfield. They've got genuine upside, yeah. I mean, the guy... So, break it in. We'll do Geelong a bit more. I mean, I, I thought Menegola was fantastic. Uh, three goals, one, 24 disposals, two tackles. Like, he was pretty consistent throughout the day. We've mentioned Stewart. Dangerfield was good, but they're winning without him just completely dominating, which is great news. Ablett was good, but, you know, he got got his chips here and there. But he was... He, look, he's obviously a star. was really impressive on the day. Uh, Blixarves, I thought, was impressive in defence as well. You know, got that... Uh, Blick, is it Blixarves? Yeah, Blixarves. Yeah. Blixarves, isn't it? Yeah. No, he was really good in defence. I mean, look, he got that crazy contract throughout the year, but we don't know the details of it. That's my opinion. I mean, that's the thing. We don't know how front or back end it is. Taylor was really good. Chewy, again, always pretty solid. Um, you know, Kelly, he's just a joke. Radical air. Like, they've, they've just got so many different options. You know, Cramery could have had a day out to kick one goal, yeah. two. A couple of those could have, could have converted and kicked three straight. That would have been really good. Radical air had his chances as well, but... Look, overall, you know, they brought Zach Smith in as well, our mate, and um, he did okay, but look, Grundy's obviously an outstanding ruckman. He was probably a bit better on the day, but um, yeah, look, overall, Geelong, not much more we can say. They were very, very good throughout the day. They did what they had to do. They got so many intercept marks. Their defense just stands up and is just so consistent, and I saw after the game in the room, Scarlett went up to Stewart and they had a good conversation together and they looked like they were quite close. So mm. you can see the great man's had some um, influence on Stewart. So that, that's um, that's great to see yeah. him turn this um, young defence around. So yeah, it's in- oh, no, I agree. And I think just like a start, start of the year, I think John are going to be thereabouts come the pointy end of the, t- um, the season and should go. You'd think to so, de- yeah. Should go. To- injuries, like any team, injuries to some key personnel will hurt them. Probably a little bit more because they rely on so, so much of that uh, top end talent to a little bit more degree at this stage. I think uh, once your yeah, Kelly's and your added layers and that, that mid tier start to take onus off yourself with your danger yeah. tablets, then it will become less apparent if they get some injuries. But funny to note, I don't really look at the Dream Team um, scores or whatever that much, but the top. Six for this game are Collingwood players, and they got belted. Yeah. I just and, and it's not to tell you one thing. It's you just generally don't see that type of disparity in a game. You would yeah. say that all right for the top six um, dream team players points wise, uh, all from one club. Which team won? You would probably pick the team with yeah. those six players. But obviously, then there was hardly anyone for the rest of Collingwood did, did anything. So No, that's true, yeah. No, look, overall, there's probably not too much more we can say out of this from a Geelong perspective. Collingwood perspective, I mean, as, as I said, they're a good team, they're not a great team, and they're clearly not able to execute a lot of the things that won them a lot of the games more no. recently. And that that's the big takeaway, you know, that you can't every week rely, and that's the thing, they've had so many injuries, you just can't rely on every week, you know, half of their mids to peel in and, and keep continually scoring. I think they've been performing at an outstanding level. Um, but, I mean, on the day, they only had four goal scorers. So, like, yeah. they, they, the reality is Trelaw... They were a lot of inaccurate, though. I mean, Trelaw kicked three goals, Wells three goals, Brown, Crisp, Howe, mate. Like, there's a lot of players that kick one point. Yeah. So, look... I think everyone... I think everyone jumped on the bandwagon after their... 
unbelievable win against Adelaide. Because... I tipped Geelong. I, I thought that yeah, I tipped Geelong. Well, they were due a loss to Collingwood. That's well, that's the thing for me. But so. really, they've they've beaten Essen. We know they're no chop. Yeah, um, they got, they got done by Richmond. They got done by Hawthorne. They've been been beaten by yeah. every other side that's decent. Big um, takeaway for me as well is if Collingwood get Lynch, it completely changes this side. If they can bring Lynch in, I mean that just be, that makes so many things change. And that gives them a serious, genuine push. I think he is such a good player. So if they can get him right, get him in there. I mean, he's, yeah. Magpies actually won the tackles, but Geelong just did a lot more with the well, ball. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd hope so. They had less, heaps less of the ball, so they probably should have been tackled. You would think so. But... And that was probably the biggest highlight for Collingwood. They didn't really give up the fight. They're just not as classy and not as polished as no, the Cats are. And, and Trelaw was you know, outstanding yeah, again. Outstanding, he he yeah. nearly got three goals. He kicked three points and got 34 disposals, five tackles. Like He's, he's just a joke. He's having some sort of a year, but... Look, they're a bit of a way off. They both went at 70% disposal, uh, 150 to 141. Contested, Cats win that one. You know, uncontested was, you know, slightly won by Collingwood, but again, that's not surprising given the way the game went. Marks inside 58 to 6, slightly won by Collingwood, but it's what you do with it that counts. Tackles pretty even, inside 50s, 46 all. So it was pretty, actually pretty even stats-wise, so the stats don't really tell you too much, but it's more... What they're doing with the ball, and then Geelong's defence was fantastic Just on much, the day. Much more polish across well, the board. When you're letting in, you know, under ten goals in two weeks, like that, that's seriously good. So through, yep. throughout the last month, Geelong's defence has just gotten better and better. And they've only just got back Taylor. So and basically, it's just been Tui by himself. That's it. So we'll go. We'll <laughs> nah, go further. They were, further good. Into, they were very good. They cats. were good on the day, and the Cats did what they had to do, and they they they've definitely got um, Collingwood's measure at the moment. With the, what they've got structurally at the moment, Collingwood to play with, but it's going to get better. So, and I think Collingwood, you're probably in the same mould as Fremantle. That they've got the talent, yeah, but probably just missing maybe three or four really good polished players to take into that next level, which is That's finals it. bound. No, no, yeah. I agree. So we'll keep on moving. We're going to have a little bit of a break now, and then we'll record the preview. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, Legends. It was a very long one, this one. This, thanks, Dobbs, to home very much. Thanks so much for listening. If you can rate and review us, that would be fantastic. So if, you can, if you've got a, uh, an iPhone, pop onto the iTunes app and just throw a review up. That'd be great, because it does help get the podcast out there. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Much appreciated. And have a great night. Take care. Day. See ya. Bye. Bye.